0: You're talking about how do I extend past my immediate sphere of influence? How do I build a reputation right. so people I do not know Correct. come to me uh, through, because, because I have the expertise that I do, right? That's right. I, I would venture to say that there's probably not many people that knows Lake Kiwi better than you. No, Not, they, not many, no. right? And so that's why you that's, that's that's get in those phone that's calls,
1: right. man. You know, And it doesn't matter how tall or short you are, how pretty or ugly you are. Right. If you have the knowledge base you are valuable.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Elevate. I am excited that you are here because my guest today is Greg Kutu with Alan Tate Realtors. Alan, uh, I'm sorry, Greg. <laughs> How you doing, Greg? Good, man. I'm great. Thanks Good. for having me. So I got to tell you, man, we were talking just a few minutes before we started recording and uh, you were just getting me pumped. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you were doing a lot of talking. I was doing a lot of listening, but you were getting me so pumped because of how you view this career that you've, that you've built your life, you know, towards and, and where you're at now and, and kind of the principles, the guiding principles that it sounds like you've, uh, that you've, that you've built this thing, this really successful business on top of, and I'm excited to share that with everybody today. So thank you for being here. I yeah, appreciate it's my your pleasure. Time. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So, uh, first off, before we get started, who is Greg Kutu, uh, how did you get into this uh, crazy business yeah. and how did you get to where you are today?
1: Yeah. So in a nutshell, I'm born and raised in Seneca. Uh, my dad's a nuclear engineer, so he moved there in 77 to work at Duke. Duke yeah. uh, my twin sister and I were born in 81. And from there, I literally am the yokel local, local story. Married my high school sweetheart. We went to college together. Um And so, uh, we both went to Clemson, um, wasn't planned, but it just kind of worked out that way. So effectively born and raised in the area, I I moved to Greenville quickly, and took a job in banking, thinking my wife was going to go there. She's in public health. She's now a nurse practitioner. Cool. Of course, she ended up back at Oconee. (laughs) So when that happened, um, which was like 2004, Um, I called one of your early guests and and somebody you do business with, Les Walden. Um, Les's wife at that time and my stepmother were really good friends uh, through college at Clemson. And so I had worked, I was the runner when Les was, when he needed signs put up, them in the back of my pickup truck, and you know, I'd take them and run them. So I was kind of around the business, but from afar, and he always was after me and said, Hey, you ought to get into the business. So, so, anyways, long story short, ended up calling him. He said, Yeah, come on back. I've got a desk for you. Started as a buyer's agent with uh, his team. Met Robert, who's also done a podcast with you and does stuff with you all the time. And um, worked there for almost a year, then went to John Hammock Real Estate, which was, we had the exclusive listing for Crescent, which was Duke. Yeah. So a lot of those Southern communities, especially on Lake Kiwi, we developed and sold those uh, lots originally. And I did that for about six years. And that's where we built up the, the lake base. And then left there, went to a company called First Choice Realty, which was later purchased by Alan Tate Realtors. Gotcha. And that's where I'm now. So all in all, I think this is like my 19th year in the business. Um, but I started out as a buyer's agent and then I worked under the umbrella effectively of of another company. So I was seven years. This is really a critical thing that I like to mention because I think that agents get in the business and get in a hurry. Yeah, I was seven years into the business and probably selling 15 plus million a year before I really started building my own brand and really becoming what most people consider an independent agent. Hmm. I didn't do it year one. I didn't do it year four. Hmm. You know, uh, I really built up a knowledge base and a client base so that when I started to build my own brand, I had some substance behind it hmm. and I had some security. Um you learn those kind of things when you go through great recessions. Because <laughs> uh, when I got in the business in 04 till effectively April of 08, I believe it was, um, I just thought that business fell from the sky. Now,
0: granted, I was in great systems too. Because right. I, was, I, was, I mean, that's very similar to what we've experienced the past couple of years as yep. well, right? Yep. I mean, this is, that's a very similar scenario. It, it,
1: it, it felt the, the same, but obviously we all know it's very it's different. different. Yeah, for But sure. it for was sure. very similar to that where it was like, man, this is amazing. Right. This is easy. I just look up and right. you know, these leads fall out of the sky and I've got leads to convert. And then when the market came to an abrupt stop, of course, then Crescent, which was Duke said, well, we're not selling developments now. So there went that cash cow. Wow. And of course, you know, builders were slower. I mean, everything. So in hindsight, I honestly wouldn't change anything about the trajectory and path of my career, including that, because that taught me that nothing's guaranteed hmm. everything can stop regardless of anything we're doing hmm. and you got to save for rainy days hmm. and that's another big pothole for agents is money management and accounting and all those things i mean we can talk about a million things, yeah 100 percent. but that's that's you know going through that at that stage of my career was probably the best thing that ever happened to me and helped me get to where I am now.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting, man. So, I mean, the, 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 pure fact that you had spent seven years mm-hmm. getting in the reps, right? I mean, that's what like learning yep. the ins and outs, getting in the reps, having, showing
1: up at eight, eight 30, every single morning, treating it like it was an eight or nine to five job, which is an issue for a lot of agents to start huge with. Right. Issue.
0: Yeah. It's a huge issue. I
1: didn't have a work ethic problem. And I'm a big fan of structure. I still go to the office virtually every day now. Not virtually. You can't say that anymore. I go to the office almost every day now yeah, right, right. <laughs> because you know I'm a I'm a creature of habit. You know I like routine. You know I get up early every morning. I, I don't I don't sleep in on Saturdays and Sundays, and um, the freedom of this business is is uh, great if you know how to harness it and use it for good. And can be toxic. It can be very toxic if you think that you're going to make all your money on the golf course right. or, uh, you know, you start, you know, slipping in. And that was one of the things that Les was big on and in his training was you're going to be here at 8, 8.30. I can't remember what it was. it was. It was early morning. Whether you've got something to do or not and you're mm-hmm. going to learn and if you've got calls to make, you know. And so, and like I said, I, I didn't have any overhead. Um, that was critical. And, um, I learned a portion of the business before I had to learn the whole business. Hmm. You know, I was just working with buyers. Les was handling the listings. He had a closing coordinator, blah, blah, blah. So I was aware of those things peripheral. I was able to learn those things, but my daily job was this one thing to master. And so again, I tell people all the time, this is a building block business. And some people are just like, you know, wheelbarrow full of, uh, concrete and a stack of bricks. And it's like, okay, build it. And it's like, you know, it's, it, it, it doesn't work for too many people. For me, it was great to go through and be exposed to a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And
0: then by the time I jumped off the cliff, I had a, I had a, uh, a parachute on my back. Dude. There's so, okay. So there's so much to unpack here. There's <laughs> so much to unpack. So first off, I think that that we should put a pin in that. Cause that's, that's an important point to make how many times do you find young agents are, are getting their license and then all of a sudden they are massively overwhelmed, yeah. right? Literally wearing 20 different hats, trying to manage everything from, you know, figuring out, gosh, how, where to get the next lead from, which is like the biggest thing that everybody thinks about to managing your financials, managing your time, building relationships, going to where you need to do, door knocking, whatever you're doing for lead generation or feeling... You know, basically feeling like you have no idea what you should be doing each day because there is so much to do. It's the
1: equivalent of walking in the fifth day of class and expecting to pass the final. You're just, you only have so much knowledge. And I think the the traditional model sets agents up for failure. You know, and I tell any, you know, I have people call me all the time, clients that have kids that are going to get into business or, you know, younger agents that are thinking about joining our company or some, some other company. They know they can call me and I'll talk to them. I, I just give, you know, objective advice and they do what they can do. But I tell people all the time, I mean, how do you, how do you expect to come out of a school and you have virtually no real life um, application and then you're going to compete with me. Right. Or you're going to compete with an agent that's been in it only five years or seven years or whatever, you know, versus, I mean, look, you're not going to make money right away. Right. Do you have money? Can you pay your bills? Yeah. You know, if you're your own agent, that means you're paying for your own marketing, et cetera. So my advice has always been, and again, my advice is my advice, everybody's different, is get with somebody that needs you, get hmm. somebody that has more business than they can handle, knows already how to market. That is spending money that is invested in your success because they're spending the money for those leads. So they don't want to see them get wasted. That's right. So they're willing to teach you for your benefit and theirs. And it reduces you effectively have no overhead. Now your commission split may not be as generous because they're taking on more of the risk. But that's a great way to get in. And by the way, you can I mean, buyers agents can make hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? It's not like you're, you know, going to be eating red beans and rice off of it. If you do well, you can do really, really well. And you can learn a lot from the people that have that vested interest in you, Mm. right? Then you can always do whatever you want from there. Maybe you just love that role and that's the right role for you forever. Maybe you expand within that group. Maybe you do like I do and you go to a different firm because they're selling something that now you found a niche in or whatever, but it's an evolution and building bot business. There's no one way to do it, which is incredible, but you have to set yourself up for, for success. success. and most people just don't even know where to start so i say you either have to join an existing team or an existing agent or you have to go with a company that you feel like actually has
0: real world training from an agent's perspective to help you get going that's awesome and i always think of things as like evaluating risk right Mm -hmm. if you if you do what you're suggesting here which is find the team find a person who has more leads that they can handle get in and learn you're essentially reducing the risk that you're going to get out there. You're going to spend a lot of money because you don't know what to spend money on, right? You don't know what you're reducing the risk that you're going to get out there, you know, and basically go out of business.
1: It's okay to not know what you don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not okay to make an assumption or, and, and again, I think the biggest thing that, that I hate about it is there's probably been countless people that could have, that this could have been the best career ever for them. Mm. And they just never really got the chance to get there Hmm. because they weren't in the right system. And that happens across any profession of any kind. Hmm. But I think all too often it happens here. And I think all too often agents are too eager to try to be the number 1 agent when it's like no no everybody started here everybody mm. started at the same floor mm. you know some people took the stairs up some people took the elevator and some people got out of the business they couldn't cut it but we all started in the same place take your time learn build the blocks again i don't look back at it and go boy i missed out i could have been making more money in year 5 or something like that i don't look at that at all in hindsight i look at it and go man, if it hadn't worked that way, would I be here today? Mm-hmm. And I think there's less of a chance that I'm here today than more than, than me of doing, doing better earlier in my career if I'd been left to my own devices. Right. And I was hardworking and I had structure and all that stuff, but I still had to learn the business. Yeah. I mean, that's a real thing.
0: Yeah. So so it sounds to me like one of the the big things that you try to advocate for is that you need to have a, a long-term vision. Right. Like when you're getting into this business, yeah. you, you're, you're not getting in to make the quick money, which is, I think like the two things that I feel like every agent always hears. And the reason why most get into the business is because they feel like they're going to get rich quick. Yeah. And they feel like that they're going to, uh, to have, you be able to p- make money on the golf courses, yeah. which you said earlier, to yeah. be able to have the ultimate and both of those generally speaking are not true. Right. That's, that's hundred percent true. And
1: look, no matter how great you are or how well prepared you are, the market ebbs and flows and we're at the mercy right. of that market. Right. You could have got in two years ago and felt like you were great at it. Mm. You could have got in at 09 and really struggled. Well, those were two completely different markets as far as, you know, gravy business, if you will. So the market's going to go up and down as it goes. And, and look, we can work hard and we can do all the things we're supposed to do, but external factors are going to always play a part in this business. Hmm. And if you're an agent in this business, you're subject to those external factors. So for example, I don't set a goal every year because I don't know what this year is going to (laughs) be. What I know is if I show up like I have been every other year and every other day and do all the things that I'm supposed to do and care about it at the level that I care about it, it'll be the best year that it can be. And, a, and I'll give you an example of that because I've talked about this recently and my past three years is a really good example of that. In 2020, I sold 52 million or something. In 2021, 32. $20 million difference year over year. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was because I forgot how to sell real estate <laughs> or do you think it was because we had entered an insane pushy market with limited inventory, limited opportunities, and you know, whether your client got it or another client got it defined your year by X percent, right? Right. And then last year we went up to like 43 or 44. It kind of went back toward that middle line. Great years, but I wasn't any happier in one year over the other. I showed up knowing it's going to be what it's going to be. I can only control what I can control. I'm going to show up every single day like I always have and try to get better doing it and the chips will fall where they are. Now, that's easier for me to do knowing that I'm likely to have some level of business. Right. So if you add on the pressure of being a new agent with mm. that, you can see how this starts to get so tough for sure, them Sure. and why it can be helpful to have either A, guidance and coaching training and B, somebody going, here, call this person. They'd like to see this house tomorrow. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And you put together a couple paychecks. It keeps you alive while you're building these blocks. And I remember in 2010, 11, because it was slow coming out of that recession. I remember talking to another agent, a, a top agent in our market as well. And people were falling. People were retiring. People were getting out of the business. You know, builders weren't making it. It was tough. And we were having that dis- discussion. Like, are we going to be able to make it? Yeah. And ultimately, the conclusion we came to was just keep putting deals together if we can. No, we ne- we never forced anything, but keep putting deals together. If you can, every deal you do is a deal later and we'll have a bigger market share
0: when we came out of it. Okay. So that, that I'm, gl- I'm so glad you ended there because that was going to be my very next nice question. Yep. I do think that periods that we're in right now, there are agents leaving the business, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just a natural, it's because because it, of all the reasons you're literally talking about right now is yep. the reasons why they're leaving the business, right? The market changes to where it is. They haven't had enough time to build a solid foundation for their own business. Uh, and they're, they're feeling that pressure and up leaving the business. Okay. But now, what does that mean for the next two years, four years, five years? What's the opportunity for agents, as you see it? Because I mean, you're—I mean, dude, you're sitting here 19 years into the business, 19, 20 years into the business. You said, from your perspective, how do you see the next, you know, the next few years? And the opportunity that exists for people who do get in and do follow the advice that you're saying, yep. like, what, what does that mean? How can you get in there and take up that market share?
1: Yeah, it did. Th- 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 you're exactly right. And I think it, and, and it can be done strategically if you're looking to do marketing, that's mm. not my gig. It can just be done the good old fashioned way, show up work. And again, if people are getting out now, it's now it's getting, you know, they're getting older or they were newer agents and they didn't manage money right. They thought it was going to be great. Now it's normalizing and they realize that the paychecks are going to be a little bit less frequent wherever, whatever that situation might be, it's creating opportunity for you to get market share. And it's like anything else. You're not going to realize it overnight. Hmm. But if we stay in a normal and fair market, which is what we're all hoping, right? We're Mm. hoping to come out of a seller's market and not shift into a buyer's market. By all accounts, it looks like we'll avoid the buyer's market and settle down and kind of be linear. Mm. And assuming that happens, that's a great world for us to operate in.
0: 100%.
1: And that's where you typically see the cream rise to the top. Mm. It was really interesting watching. Now, I'm a member of Greenville. Uh, MLS. We put some more listings in there, but obviously I'm um, Western upstate is home. So mm-hmm. that's where I keep, you know, that's where most of my peers are. It was really interesting watching the sales numbers year over year over the past three or four years, there were consistencies, but then there were also some outliers where somebody had a incredibly, a much better year, or in my case had a much worse year by volume or whatever. Right. So it was interesting to see that, but over time, those graphs end up being your typical, You know, you might have ups and downs, but if you draw that line, it's It's going to be, you know, you're still hoping it's on that 45 degree incline and just sort of creeping up like the little dude on Wheel of Fortune does, (laughs) you know, singing (laughs) Yoda Lady. Um, So it's, it's not something that's done overnight. It's just continuing to show up and put those deals together because everybody that you touch is future business. Whether they decide to sell, whether they bring their friends and family, whether they talk about you at their cocktail parties with their friends because you did such a good job or whatever. So if you focus your time and energy on on those people, and by default, if there's less people in our business, you're going to get that opportunity to touch more people. Yes. And then once word spreads, man, they start calling you. All of a sudden, the tide shift and all this work you've done. Now they're calling me and I'm not calling them as much, Right. And but it just happens. It's like anything else that you just do over and over and over again. And I think that you have to constantly. I mean, we were talking, uh, I, we were joking about. I was telling you about how this time of year is every agent's least favorite time of year, and you looked <laughs> right. at me kind of silly, like, "What do right, right. you got against February? Right, right. Nothing, man. February is a beautiful month. It's the month of love, man. It's, <laughs> it's right. Um, it's we all start at zero, man. Right. It doesn't matter what you did last year. You your sales numbers start at zero. You're gonna wake up with and and be somewhat panicked, even 19 years into the business with proven results and you all still those feel things. That way, now, dude, I'm slow right now. I'm a little slow <laughs> now. Granted, I've already closed like six million. I don't know what I'm worried about. It was a great end of the year, first of the year. But we all have the same thoughts. We all have the same fears. We're all driven, you know. But it's all a bit. I have a very healthy fear of failure, and a lot of people are like, "That's a that's a crappy way to be motivated." Mm. And I'm like, "Hey, man, whatever winds my clock, right? I want to be good." I don't want to fail my wife. I don't want to fail my kids. I don't want to fail my clients. I don't want to not live up to the the best that I can do. I I'm driven that way. Not everybody is, but right. I am very much driven that you know every time I'm seen or every transaction I do is a reflection of me, my family, my kids, my wife. So you'll rarely see me get out of line with people, hmm. you know. Um, and I always want people to end up you know, happy, almost to a fault, Hmm. you know, almost to a fault. But if I care that much, how are we not going to get to the finish line? Or if we don't get to the finish line, I feel comfortable enough knowing our intentions were good our, our, our execution was right and it wasn't the right thing for us and we can accept that move on. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, this time of year, I'm, I'm just as sweaty palmed as an agent that's three years into the business going, what's going on here? Yeah. I'm the same guy and I'll get up at 515 every morning and I'll work until
0: I can't work anymore. And, that's why it's worked for me. That's the the man. There's there's so much to talk about when I think, I think so a lot of what we're talking about here and I'm curious to see what you say about this. I'm actually kind of curious to ask you on, you know, how much social media do you consume? Um, Consume? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm addicted to reels like
1: anybody. I guess yeah, yeah, I like yeah. I like uh, like the the comedy and stuff. Do you watch a lot of other people in real estate, though? I try to watch. I I try to. Okay. Um, the algorithms have me nailed down to uh, comedy and wine and, <laughs> right. and, and 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 other other things. I guess sure, sure.
0: Well, so the, the I do love it. I love especially the super creative people. I I oh, sure. I dig it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the only reason I mentioned that is because I think that this a part of the issue here, and what you're what you're speaking to is most newer agents when they're getting into the business they don't uh, uh, people like you Greg dude when 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 people talk in the upstate about who's my guy to talk to about the lakes of the upstate Greg you're at the top of the list every single time man i mean like you're, awesome. you're you're you are well known in these areas as being uh, just a a top producer, and especially in the luxury market, when it when it the high dollar uh, properties on the lake, that's the kind of business that a lot of people want to do, right? Yeah. And so people look at you and they they sit there and they say, "Man, Greg, that's a stone cold fortress right there, man. He, he must be a top producer. He must got everything in line. He must always be showing up to work, ready to to be disappointed." Down, <laughs> right? And I think and I think some of this, the reason I bring social media into it is because I think some of this is kind of perpetuated on social media. Sure. They they see a lot of influencers in the Real estate space. One of the reasons they probably got into real estate in the beginning, right? Cause yep. they're watching these kind of people on social media. I'm not saying that the people on social are, are liars or whatever, but it, it's just the reality that everybody's a game is what's on social and nobody talks yes. about the bad stuff. Right. That's and I think, right. I think it's easy for newer agents just to kind of get sucked into this thing of, I am all alone because I feel like I suck and I feel like I'm terrible at this. And I feel like I've got no future in this because I can't build a book of business. Right. I, I don't feel like I'm building any relationships. I'm certainly not getting any, any, any phone calls. Right. I'm certainly right. not getting any emails. So like maybe I need to do something else for, for them to look at you. Somebody who says 19 years in, I'm getting nervous. You know, I'm nervous yeah. in February man, I, I feel like that helps a lot of people.
1: Yeah. I think, I think when people you're right, you know, what you see through social media is, is all the fluff and the fun and the this and that, but those still people, those people still lay awake at night, hundred percent thinking about stuff. Right. right. You know, and, and, and it's okay. I mean, again, it's okay to have doubts. It's okay. You know, I ask questions all the time. I I'm still a guy that will sit in a training meeting if I don't have Something else that I need to be doing. Yeah. You know, I talk to agents across in my company and across my company. There's five, six, seven agents that I talk to almost weekly, just talking shop. Hmm. What do you got? What are you learning? Oh, hey, let me tell you about this new rule. If you apply for shoreline stabilization in an LLC, hmm. you know, because we can't know it all. Right now, and again, now I will say this. I'm a very cooperative and helping agent so that is my personality I might have access to a kinder side of agents more so than somebody else would sure if they're ultra uh, uh, combative or competitive or just kind of keep to themselves and there's nothing wrong with that but I've found that and look it was such a fundamental thing if I list your house there's a there's X percent chance of me selling it right right but when I put it in MLS what have I effectively done I've hired, thousands of agents. Sure. So why not be cooperative and want to be an agent that they want to work with? Also, like I said, especially when the market got tough and we had no inventory, you know, I'm having conversations with other top agents who have access to things and we have buyers and sellers that need things. Right. You know, listen, man, we did in the past couple few years, I probably did 15, 20 million off market. Really? Yeah. And you know those deals are just done through word of mouth. Hmm. Somebody's got something, and if you're not having these conversations, and oh by the way, I'm learning from these people hmm. all the time. These guys are great. I mean, and, and not guys, gals, all of them. They're such. We've got such a great talent pool. And the other thing that's really special about where I do business is we kind of get to do it old school. Hmm. You know, we're Maybe we're a little behind on technology a little bit. Uh, We talk a little bit slower, Um, but it's a tight-knit group. I work with the same 10, 15 agents over and over. Mm -hmm. So we know our tendencies. We know who we can trust. We know how somebody does business, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. And that's a huge advantage too. But 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 back to your point of yeah, I mean I think that agents look at other agents and just assume just like we do everything else. Oh, that guy must have the best marriage and family life ever. Yeah. Now his kids drive him nuts sometimes too. Right. You know his, his he and his wife argue about where they're going right. to go to dinner. Right. You know they right. have the same problems. It's no different in real estate. It's how are you going to react to it and how are you going to be proactive if it's something that you find is problematic and that leads into you know study you know i went i
0: showed houses
1: yesterday before i show home now look man i know what i'm doing now i've mm-hmm. been doing it a little while
0: right i know how to get there You've probably seen the similar kind of things from but property to property The th-
1: I studied for 30 minutes like it was a test. I went through all the listings, the MLS. I looked through the history. I looked through the disclosures. I looked through previous disclosures. I literally treated it like a test. Now, my client's not going to buy any one of those three houses we looked at yesterday. So somebody could say, well, you just wasted your time. No, I didn't. I'm a professional. When they ask questions, I'm supposed to have those answers. Hmm. All I had to do was spend time on it. It wasn't a formula I couldn't solve or didn't have you know, the knowledge of yeah, all yeah. I had to do. But do you know how many people don't do that? Right. They walk in with an MLS sheet right. and you're like, Well, I can do that.
0: I can think of agents that we've worked with in the past April that's done that. Yeah. Yeah. You're
1: like, <laughs> they're in a bedroom, kitchen. You're like, I can see these things. Yeah. Tell me what I can't see right. so that you can so so what I learned is especially with Lake Kiwi, I'm dealing with generally an older population that's bought and sold many times. They didn't need, they don't need a salesman. Right. They need information. Right. They need to know what's unique about the area. Then they need to know the features from property A, B, and C. It's on them to put that into their head and spit out to me what fits for the Smith family or the Jones family, because I've now given them all the information that they can't otherwise see. And then they make their decision. And listen, man, that's selling. Hmm. that selling me trying to tell somebody why they should love a house is not selling. Hmm. That's as Les said, commission breath. Yeah. Remember that? Right. Right. Um, me telling them where boat traffic is and what lake levels do and what the nearest amenities are and the convenience of here and there, you know, those are the things that make the difference and that's what people want. If they come to Greenville and you want to buy downtown, you better tell me a little bit of history about downtown Greenville. Otherwise, I think you're a fraud. Mm. You know, if I go to the coast and you're not pulling up a crab trap when you go home from work on a Wednesday, then I don't know if I want you selling me an intercoastal property. I Mm. want the guy that knows those river systems and knows that just over there, you can run into a little bit of a problem. But if you just go this way, smooth sailing all the way out or whatever, right? It's those nuggets that make, and it's no difference in any other business that I've ever found. It's the little things That's separate. We say it all the time in sports. It's no different in business. You and I can be neck and neck, but if I'm willing to work a little bit harder and know just a little bit more, I can, I could maybe sell exponentially more than you. Most people don't want to put in the work. Hmm. They just want to show up, look cute, go out, you know, look, man, blue jeans. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I'm not the best looking. I've I've got a radio, a a, a face for radio. (laughs) But I, and listen, it was hypercritical when I was twenty-five and I was selling to CEOs. I mean, right. that, that's intimidating. Right. But when they came to Lake Kiwi, they were like, "Geez, this kid's been not This kid's knows. been playing out here his whole life." Right. Right. And I got instant credibility. Now I've learned a lot through business from those guys. Right. But as far as what
0: my job was, which was to introduce them to the right properties, I was able to do that. I mean, I think there's a lot of wisdom here, and there's uh, so. Before we before we move on, because I want, I want to go back to the thing where agents kind of the, the battle mentality between agents, because mm-hmm. I've experienced this firsthand myself a lot, yeah. which, is, which is weird just because I have a lot of conversations privately with agents as we're doing homes and things like that. So it's always weird to hear agents talk about other agents. But I want to go back really quick to what you just finished with, which is becoming an expert in the particular market or segment of the market. Yes that you're and and at at the end of the day it's like if you if you didn't grow up there right because it's possible like maybe somebody moved here and Mm -hmm. didn't grow up there as a child it goes back to putting in the reps that's right it goes back you can learn it you can learn it that's right right? it but but it's not going to happen overnight but the more that you can spend time doing the research going out there checking out the different spots that you can be in the field doing the thing the more reps that you get the more transactions you get under your belt the stronger and stronger and stronger you become at the craft of being an agent craft of being a realtor, do you think that's accurate? At, at a thousand percent. Okay.
1: And there's a, a thousand percent. And I'll elaborate on it and and say two things. One is you need to you need to find a market that you're good at and passionate about. I know it's easy for me to say Lake Kiwi because if you had to pick a market by me to sell from a gross commission, you would go, well, I want to sell Lake like Kiwi. Kiwi. <laughs> so I get where people go, oh, well, it's easy for you to say. But it also was what I did as a kid. And I did have, I mean, I feel like there's few people that know that lake inside and out like I do sure but it doesn't have to be that I'll give you another anecdote there's another agent he now has um his own company and, and a couple offices and is running a great business in the area he called me years ago we were in the business about the same time and he called me and he said man I really want to I really want to get into Lake Huey market and he, and he said you know and we're good friends and he knew he could call me and that I would help him mm-hmm. and I said look I'll, I'll help you any way I can I said but you know, you're really good at selling new construction and lake land tracks, right? Like, you know, everybody in two counties, when they think of that market, they think of you. Mm-hmm. And I said, who's going to do that? And I said, and do you really like the lake? And he's like, well, not really. I just feel like I'm supposed to want to do that. <laughs> like it was yes. this evolution thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And I said, but you're so good at what you do. Why not just be the man with that? And he was like, I hate you, but I love you. And I said, I'll take that. He said, no, that's exactly the answer that I needed. I needed to hear it from somebody else. He said, you're right. I do like what I do Mm -hmm. and I am good at it and I am known for it. I don't need to go try to jump in that other pool. So what did he do? He built that brand. He built his business. Now he does some real estate, but primarily he's mentoring other agents Hmm. and look where it's evolved for him. Right. Hmm. I mean, now he's, he's doing incredible business Hmm. and it was, and it took him. So, so I, so do what you're good at. Do where, you
0: know, people do where you, where you, do you think think some of that is like the grass is greener kind of thing? Do you Uh, think some of that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But people, but people have to remember too, you can make a great living in any sector of this market. Right. You can be commercial, you can be investor, you can be luxury, you can be new construction, you can do anything. And it's finding what it is that you're really, really good at. Because I'm gonna tell you this, 20 years later, if you don't like it, I don't care how much money there is. I'm telling you and if you're and if it's not wasn't something you were passionate about you're going to fight some serious burnout mm. but if you love seeing young families get excited when they buy their first and second home then and you're good at that and you've made connections with the right builders and the right vendors in that market then just be the best $350,000 salesman ever and you will make a great living and you'll sleep like a baby and you'll be happy you did it because you know that's your purpose that's you know, awesome. i i like it i mean i have i get called all the time for commercial and i'm like i have no desire for commercial <laughs> right it's too it's it's too black and white it's too numbers oriented it's negotiating for the sake of negotiating. It's not, it's, a, it's, a it's just not the thing that that I am, am, am interested yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. I love selling a dream to people. I love when people go, oh man, I've got this guy that knows all the right people to talk to or whatever. And that's why I'm good at what I do. It's not because I possess some magic potion or some secret sauce. I tell people all the time, like I'm very underwhelming to meet. Hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it, and people to your point earlier, people put successful people what i'm putting that in quotes too by the way Mm -hmm. on this pedestal and expect them to be a certain way and i think it's refreshing when you meet people and you go oh i just met this guy 12 seconds ago and i know exactly who he is he is exact and that's me when you meet me this is me for better for worse and you can judge if i'm your guy or not right but if i am then we're probably going to get along fine and but you know again i go home at night and have second thoughts. And I go, boy, how much longer can I do this? Do I really still love this? You know,
0: what, and, what advice do you have then for an agent? That they're the new agent. This is their first year in business. They're like, well, I don't know who, I don't know where I want to specialize. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to work with investors or first time home buyers or yeah, I luxury. That, <clears> or, <throat> I don't know.
1: No, and that's a good point. It's like a freshman going to college. right? Some people know they want to be a doctor, or an engineer, or an accountant, right. or whatever. And most of them have no clue and they figure it out after a couple of years because they go down this path and then zig and zag. And that's okay. Again, I think that's where falling into a system is beneficial. Hmm. So again, you can still be learning about the business you can still be making a living in the business maybe that's not where you end up hmm. but that's where you start and that gets you going it, you learn how to talk through contracts you learn how to problem solve you learn how to troubleshoot you you establish vendors that you can trust you you, you know you start to know your mortgage person your attorney, your plumber, your handyman, your roofer, et cetera. Mm. So all that can be beneficial while you're finding your way. Mm. I started selling predominantly hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollar homes. And you know what? At twenty four, I was great at it because guess who was buying them? People just like me. Right. People who had never bought a home for. Right. I graduated college. I didn't have some trust fund where I had five houses. Right. I had to learn. I didn't know what equity was. Right. Fur- furthermore, I didn't go to school to be in real estate. <laughs> so I didn't even have any of that background. So I had to learn just like I was teaching my clients. Hmm. Now, a little bit different. I own investment properties. I own lake properties. I own short-term rentals on the lake. I So now I have a little bit more in common with my client database and can share and, and sell in a different market. Hmm. But when I was 24, 25, 26, I got into selling this market because I had the knowledge base. But if I just kept doing what I was doing, I was going to be great at that because I was very relatable to that. Well I had a wife and we had just had our first daughter. You see what I mean? Well said. So it's, it, and, and that's why I'm telling some of these young agents is, you know, and it, it's no different than think of it as a corporate setting you know i know we're seeing some young coaches in the nfl now and all but it's still a climb the ladder game in a corporate 100%. the ceo is rarely a 24 year old right it's usually the guy that's been around and kind of done everything or the the lady that's done everything or came over from another company or whatever and what happens in this business is we just get ahead of ourselves mm and we don't look at it in perception of, am I doing as well as I can do now? Hmm. Is this, am I on the right path and building the right foundation? And if you can answer those questions, yes, then the sky's the limit and it will come. Hmm. But if you try to jump into the deep end before you know how to swim, man thinks it could be 50-50, yeah.
0: right? How many times, and I don't wanna, you don't have to give us certain examples or anything like that, but how many times early on did you make a mistake and feel like the world was about to end? How, like did you did you ever, uh, did you ever encounter did you ever encounter i did it recently man oh, i i really?
1: I'll, I'll do you one better instead of instead of making it act like it like it only happens when you're young i did it a couple years ago there i was in a negotiation and there was a there was basically a rule that i was unaware of mm-hmm. and i got i got punked wow and my client got punked and i felt really really bad about it and um i apologized i owned up to it i said i had no idea that this was something that could happen otherwise i would have advised you differently it may not have changed the outcome but i would have advised you differently that is a hundred percent on me and it it could have affected your ability to get that home wow and i said you know and i want you to know that and how you want to handle it from here is completely up to you he said greg i've made mistakes he said don't worry about it he said i i appreciate your honesty He said, but we're good. We're going to be fine. We'll find a place. And you know what happened three weeks later? I found a place off market and we got it for $25,000 less. Nice. And that that is real estate in a nutshell. It is, I was, you know, we fall on our face or we just, you know, we think for this client or this client thinks that this is the only house for them and they get they get outbid in multiple offer right. or the inspection's terrible or whatever. And they, and you know what, if they'll just inevitably, they end up in a better place hmm. and it just, it's a good life lesson business. Now you can't just sit around and wait for things to happen. A hundred percent. That's where the hard work well, comes favors back, are yeah. prepared. Right? right. Right. You know, I'm a big believer in that, but yeah, no, I make mistakes all the time, man. Hmm. I make mistakes all the time. And I make even, and we make even other mistakes I talked about this in another podcast recently, you know, one of the biggest things that helped me become a a better real estate agent was realizing that not everybody likes what I like. Hmm. Boy, that's what does that mean? That sounds fundamental, doesn't it? That does. But you know what houses you like, you know what styles you you like, you know what features you like, you know what makes gets you guys excited about houses. Well, dude, I live in a house that you might not want to live in. Right. And when you're showing houses, especially when you're young, you get excited about the things you get excited about. I can't tell you how many times I stuck my foot in my mouth. I've never thought about
0: that before, but it's so true. It's
1: a great, it's one of of the things that I would put on a golden rule for real estate. Not everybody likes what you like. Now Hmm. there are certain things that are material facts. Like I'll give you an example of that at the lake water depth. If you've got shallow water or deep water, that is what it is. Some might be more tolerant to shallow water than somebody, but that's objective, right? Right. But most of real estate is subjective, you know, large lot, small lot. Well, depending on where you're from, a third of an acre could be huge. hundred percent. third of an acre where we're from is a small lot, right? So, you know, different styles and what floor plans and things like that. So I became a better real estate agent when I acknowledged that, realized that I was inputting too much of my opinion into the advice instead of asking more questions, hmm. And then, because I remember I started with buyers, that then became a really, really important tool with getting listings. Mm. And I'm happy to talk about that.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm curious. That is one of my. What doesn't? What, does what does the uh, the typical? And I, I apologize. I don't mean to go over with you, but no, like, I'll spend as much time as you got. What does a typical listing appointment look like for you? How so do, how how do like after all of your years of experience? Because I know that this is this is a pain point for a lot of people. We can yeah. speak to the buyer side too, as, if you want. But like, I'm curious, what does that look like for you? How do you how what is is there a Greg Couture presentation? because no, so that's what everybody assumes, right? They do. Like, they, yeah, they think right? they think I show
1: up with the the. the. The pull behind trailer and the circus gets out and (laughs) everybody has a song and And everybody's like popping champagne. Actually, I would say more often than not, it's almost the complete opposite of that. Okay, because typically, if I'm getting a call at somebody, I either know or a referral or like I got a call today. A lady called me today. They just took their house off the market and they're considering a change. Okay, and she knows my name from wherever. Okay. Sure. So, but generally speaking, I don't break out what I call the first date book unless I have to. Um, and, and, and I think, and I'll, and I'll tell you why is my strategy is for it to be less of an interview of me and more of a figuring out what they need. And the way that I do that is asking questions instead of setting it up as a spotlight on me And it becomes the interrogate Greg show. Now, I don't have any problem talking about myself, credentials, how we do things, etc. Sure. But especially on the initial visit, I try to avoid that as much as possible. Because in order for me to be the best real estate agent that I can be, I need to understand why I'm there. Hmm. Why are you considering selling? What's your motivation? Because, again, I used to think it was always about money. Right. Right. Because that's what I thought about when I was younger. I got to save some money or I got to make money on this house. That's how I'm going to build some wealth, whatever. Mm. Well, when you're dealing with people that have, you know, considerable wealth, but they're 80 years old, they'll tell you real quick, time's more valuable than money. Okay, well, let me understand that. Do we have somewhere to go? What's our time frame? You know, and really try to set it up. In a manner where my marketing plan is very much, I mean, obviously the ultimate goal is the same as to sell the home, Mm. but it might, it it can be very customized and we might do something completely different from a strategic standpoint with one client than we would with another Mm. based on those things. And if I, if all I do is go in there and tell them about how great I am, we're not getting to that. Mm. And they don't want to hear, they don't need to hear how great I am. Mm. Now I bring that information and I'm happy to go over it. I typically try to make the first, I typically try to make it more than one listing meeting if I can too. Um, I think all too often. Is that if, is that something that you set up ahead of time? Yeah, that you say, I, I, hey, like this is, this is the
0: first step, yep. this is the first phase, I do. But the second phase? One be, of the biggest things in real
1: estate is setting expectations. Right. Okay. And I do that as, at every step of the way that I can. Hmm. And what I do is I tell people, hey, here's what I'm expecting. And here's kind of how I like to do things. Is this okay? And for my first listing, I want to meet with you. I want to see the home. I'm going to take some pictures, not for marketing, just for me. So I don't forget, I'm going to take some notes and then we'll sit down. We'll talk through what you're considering and then answer some of your questions. And then I would like to come back in a couple of days with pricing and marketing plan. Smart. Because now, if you went into say like a track built subdivision, you might literally be able to say exactly what a home is. Be in there thirty seconds. Sure. Okay. But at the lake, and really, the, all, and, and all really, a builds. lot of markets in general. Yeah. Your next door neighbor can be completely different land and completely different home. Sure. So yes, I've got a good idea what those homes are worth or what they might sell for. But I tell people, listen, and when you tell them that, they understand yeah. it because they know their neighbors are different than them too. Right. And I go, look, I don't want to be off by $50,000, Yeah, you know, let me do my homework. And then, and then this is the other critical factor. As so I go, I'm going to come back with you with a price range. It's never any one number because I don't know what it's going to sell for. Right? right. And then we're going to talk about where you want to be in that range, where you think is acceptable, what your motivations are, et cetera, et cetera. And more often than not, now I deal with typically retired crowd, so they got a little bit of time. Right. So more often than not, that's fine. Again, my strategy and how I do business may work better in my market than it does where sure, if you're in Greenville and you got to talk to four people and you need an answer tomorrow because you got kids practices and you work nine to five and you know that creates different stressors. But I try to go into a listing uh, meeting as um, open-minded as possible and there to absorb as much information as possible and not make it an interview of me but make it more an interview of them because then I feel like when I need to service them, now I know how to. How to. And I think that that get, and when they recognize that and they go, ah, oh, he was paying attention. Right. Instead
0: of telling me about you know the last house I sold. Right. I mean. Right. They know that, otherwise I wouldn't be there. A hundred percent. So I think I think that principle asking questions would apply regardless of what market you're in and mm-hmm. finding out what what they need and how you can and how you can help them. But I think you said something that was really interesting and something that I think people should consider and people should think about, which is, you know craft a strategy that works for the market you're in. That's right. For the person that you serve, right. right? Because they do, they are feeling different stressors, right? They're yep. the way that their lifestyle is for a retired couple who, you know, mostly has time to be able to meet whenever mm-hmm. is convenient for your schedule. Probably. Right. As opposed to that soccer mom, who's That's got right. four kids and, and everybody's going to practice at different times and literally isn't going to be there. You're going to have to be efficient. Minutes. You're going to have to value their time a little bit more. Right. Right. And you're going to, and, 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 you're, and cra- so crafting a strategy right. around that person that you're trying to serve makes a big difference.
1: Furthermore, you know what else is really cool about my strategy? If you've sold a million or a hundred million or a billion, that strategy still works. Right. As opposed, so, you, so if your young agent says, well, how am I right. supposed to compete with somebody that's been in it for 19? Then don't make it in an interview of you. Right right smart yeah show them what you know show them you're attentive show them why you know i tell people all the time well how am i supposed to compete with you if you've got 40 listings and i've got one well your pitch is that you can devote more attention to your listings than i can smart it's that it, you know and look that might not appeal because there's 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 value to both right but just to understand that you can be marketable you can be valuable you can you can make up for a lot of things if you're willing to work hard and you're willing to learn You don't know what I know yet, but maybe you can spend more time and do a little bit more handholding than I am because I only got so much time in the day. Hmm. So use that to your advantage. Hmm. As you get busier and you start to scale, you're going to have to figure out your pitch. You know, my pitch when I was young was great because they saw, a lot of my clients saw their son or daughter in me and they were like, man, I'm going to help this young guy out. Yeah. At 42, yeah. I can't rely on that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that the pity's gone. They're like, you know. Um, so now it's, now it's a little bit different from a relatability. Now I'm more peers with a lot of these people And in similar phases of life, except the, you know, completely financially free 75 year old, I'm not there yet. Right. Yeah. But I've got more in common with some of the others. But when I was younger, I was able to relate to, you know, younger people and to those that were my parents age. And they saw this thing. I mean, who and the other thing is be the kind of person somebody wants to work with and help. Hmm. You know no, you know I have to be careful sometimes you know if I wake up and 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 uh I'm sore from working out the na- the day before or a little sick and I'm a little grumpy, right you know I have to try to correct that really quick Nobody right. wants to work with a grump right 100%. you know nobody they want to work with somebody that's happy and smiling, and it's easy for us to say that, but yeah, I wake up and remind myself
0: of that in the morning just like a new agent would right I mean it, I, it, it sounds kind of harsh to say that nobody cares that you're sick. But honestly, nobody cares, nobody cares that you're saying. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares that you're saying. Nobody so, cares.
1: And and, yeah. and they certainly don't if they don't know you. Right. They get to know you. They get to know who you are, what you're about. <laughs> then it's like, hey, I'm going to take a vacation. And they go, God bless you, man. Right. I'm glad to, you know, go have fun. I'm not right. going to bother you <laughs> unless I need to. <laughs> you build rapport. You know, yeah. You get it's that the point. same yeah. kind of deal, but. Yeah. You know, but again, I, I think the, the another thing that I would really hammer down on is knowledge and work ethic are great equalizers. Hmm. Don't you know, and some knowledge takes time, but if you study, you know, you know how many young agents don't go out and preview homes? Right. Well, if you don't know the product you're selling, right, you know, I mean, that'd be like you working at a Toyota dealership and you don't know the engine that's in the Forerunner or the optional engines in a Tundra. Right. Well, then why are you working here? Right. You know, you have to have some knowledge base and can always be learning. Right. You know, you can always be on a caravan. You can always be learning. You can talk to other agents. You can ask questions.
0: And and to me, what's interesting about what you're saying is you, I mean, every, so every agent typically starts as a buyer's agent. Typically every agent you know, sells with friends and family first. That's kind of like the immediate sphere of influence. You let everybody know that you're doing real estate and typically you're helping people buy or list their home or whatever. Uh, In the, in the beginning, what you're talking about is achieving a level of expertise. This is a, a, I think it's a Martin, uh, a, a Martin. I can't remember the comedian. Uh, It's a quote from him, and he says, uh, "You got to be so good that they can't ignore you, right?" Yeah. You're talking about how do I extend past my immediate sphere of influence? How do I build a reputation so people I do not know come to me uh, through because because I have the expertise that I do, right? That's right. I I would venture to say that there's probably not many people that knows Lake Kiwi better than you. No, not not many. Right, and so. That's why you. That's, that's it. That's why you get those phone that's calls, right. man. You know, and it
1: doesn't matter how tall or short you are, how pretty or ugly you are. Right. If you have the knowledge base, you are valuable. Right. And it and that can and that is translatable across ages. It's translation translatable across markets. Right. If you work for um, an onsite builder then you should know every option, every in and out, and you need to, so as part of selling, you need to be aware of the back-end process. Right. So that you can set expectations from start to finish, and, and you can show, wow, this person's great. If you're a lake agent, you better know docking rules. You better know boat traffic. You better know the difference between this membership and that membership. You know, all those things. It doesn't matter. I mean, look, and you can be as vast as you want to be. I, I'm a big stay-in-your-lane guy. I don't sell past Clemson. Hmm. Um, and I, because, you know, you can only so know so much, I I do a ton of referral business in Greenville. Yeah. Um, but I don't go outside of my market because I want to be a pro in my market. And, you know, you don't want to go get an ankle surgery by an orthopedic surgeon that specializes in shoulders. If you can get the ankle guy, Right. you know, get, get the guy that that's what he does or she does all the time, you know, be that agent. I can still do investment properties. I still do regular general real estate. I mean, as I I jokingly said, I mean, my classmates aren't buying $3 million lake homes, (laughs) but that doesn't mean that I can't help them. But if you said to me, Hey, Greg, I want to buy a $4 million commercial building in Seneca, and I want you to be my guy. I'd say Nathan, I really appreciate it. I'm flattered, but I am not the right guy. guy. And I would never risk my lack of knowledge affecting you adversely. Let me get you the right person. 100%. And so you can still make And again, oh, and oh, by the way, you can make money doing that. Right. So it's not even wasted. So you can be ethical. You can be honorable. You can put them in the right hands and you can still make a living and you can. And now you're still doing the other things because the other thing that happens is we run out of time. Yes. And if you're chasing a bunch of stuff that you're not knowledgeable about, you're going to spend 10 times more effort and time. And now you're not as
0: good at doing what you're supposed to do man you're speaking to me in some moments of my life so that's, that's well, super, we've, all, we've yeah. all done it we've man. all done it yeah we've
1: all done <laughs> it and in real estate too there's always this obligation to to help people or whatever but always remember you know you know always remember that you want to be the best that you can be to the to whatever that client is and i and look there were times early on that i probably went outside of that circle cuz i didn't know any better hmm. now i stay pretty tight to it hmm. and if it's and even if it's a referral from my favorite client in the whole universe i call that client and i go hey nathan i appreciate you it means the world to me that you still send me business because it, it does but I don't sell Lake Hartwell because it's so big and it goes into Anderson and down into Georgia and those all are sub markets. And if your friends want to know the big picture, I don't have it. And, and I don't, you know, just cause we're friends, you know, the, and, and I always tell them the reason you sent me that business is because I knew your product. Right. And you wouldn't send me that business if I didn't. Right. I'm telling you, I don't know it well enough. Yeah. But I'll make sure they get in the right hands. And well and, said. And you can always you can you can always do that. You well know, said. you can make a little bit of money and you can stay in your lane. But the big big thing that I want to I today, mean referral business is some of the best. It's business great business.
0: It's, I think it's absurd. <laughs> I, mean, I know. I know. H, it's great. I know agents who do nothing but referral business. That's, right. That's All they do. That's it. Which ain't that, that ain't that ain't a bad that ain't a bad. Uh, but you model. can be you know, but you can be previewing.
1: You can be learning. You can be getting better every day, even if you're not selling. Yeah. And if you spend your time focused on that, and then always keeping your eyes and ears open, because again, your career will evolve. Sure. You know, you're into media, mm-hmm. you know, you, what you guys are doing now and what it's going to be five, 10 years from now, It'll you're going to zig and zag. And so you're always going to have your eyes open, but at the same time, um, you're staying in your lane and doing what you're good at and sort of adding things as they make sense. 100%. Right. hundred
0: percent. Our, our jobs are different. So you've been doing this for 19 years. Do you mind, do you mind if I ask how much volume you did last year? 40, just under 44 million. I okay. Think. 44 million. So you were joking when you came in, you said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a boomer. I'm a boomer yeah. person in a, yeah. in a, in a, in a, what'd you say? In a, uh, in a millennial Yeah, body. Yeah. Well, in a f- whatever, whatever so, a 42 year old is. So, so I, I'm old school though. Yeah. I want to talk about this because you've, you've used the word hard work and you used yeah. ethical work numerous times in this podcast and this show so far. And I think it's really interesting, but when you came in, you said, I don't really have a social media presence. I don't have a website, right? Like there's a lot that if you look at my desk, like it's disorganized, right? To me, that's an interesting juxtaposition of being both hardworking and yet not the most organized (laughs) and selling that kind of volume. That's impressive. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who's out there listening to that going, Okay, man, either like Greg is like a savant kind of <laughs> like like he's a, like he's a just a very special person, or they're thinking to themselves, Oh, thank God, I don't have to like, you know, get up at four AM and do my miracle morning yeah. and write my it's, intention journal.
1: It's <laughs> the latter. It's the latter.
0: I am not some savant. Yeah.
1: I, I i mean look, I'm sure I have some redeeming qualities, but um <laughs> I don't have any like super secret sauce or anything like that. In fact, if anything, I'm, I'm inefficient.
0: So you're not doing like cold baths in the morning and you're not like running 10 miles and you're all not like,
1: right. Well, we can get into it. We can get, <laughs> we can get in. I'm a little bit of a psycho. <laughs> yes. Don't get, yeah. So, okay. Here's the deal is if I get focused on something, I go 150,000% all in. All in. Okay. okay. So that, that again, that's the equalizer for me. Right. You'll be more talented. I'll figure out how to beat you. Hmm. Um, and I wake up every day and I was telling you, this is like, we, it, it is a very competitive business, but I'm not really competitive with other agents. Yeah, Like I love seeing people succeed. And yeah. if you don't believe me, ask Robert. Yeah. I mean, he, he knows me from way back.
0: Well, I mean, they, and, they, they, I mean, obviously because they, they, they referred me to reach out to yeah. you to bring you on yeah. the podcast. Right. So they must, believe So I mean, I, you. I'm all about seeing people succeed.
1: I'm never afraid of helping someone and, and fearing that that adversely affects me. I mm. just don't think the universe works that way. Mm and i've i feel very fortunate to be where i am in, in not just in my career but in life in general mm. i mean my kids are healthy my wife is awesome and you know i'm just a lucky guy in many respects
0: that said i'll i'll get up Your in work. the morning and beat you to it yeah yeah i mean the idea that you don't set goals for the year just like Yeah. Like there's so many people out there who's listening to that going, wait a minute. What? Like as long as you're 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 as successful as you are, been doing this for as long as you have withered the storms, right? And you're not like setting goals. Like that, you know, that sounds very counterintuitive, I think, to a lot of people.
1: I know it's it's not what you're gonna learn from the books and things like that. And and again, I'm in and for some people they need more of that. And that's great. And if that's the case, do it. Do the vision board, do the whatever but understand that if you don't necessarily need that and you're just willing to wake up every day and go okay what can I do today mm-hmm. to be better you know stay humble ask questions you know help out and just kind of you know just keep doing those things it will work out in in it'll work out over time well, so. okay but and for everybody it's different like i was never going to be a door knocker mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that in fact i wish i didn't have sort of that hesitancy about mm-hmm. me but at the same time, I was always a phone answerer. I was always a yes. What time do you need to do it? I'll right. do it then. Right. You know, I would always put other people's needs above mine almost too much at right. times and we that's a there's a balance there. But um so for me it was just and again, like if I get into something, I want I just want to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to do it well. It's just like if you were editing footage, 100%. You know, you know there's a point where you can go, "Yeah, that's good enough." Right. But maybe that's not good enough for you. Right. And that difference for making it good enough for you is why you are going to continue to grow because you don't stop it. Eh, good enough.
0: Yeah. Do, do you ever struggle with the idea that uh, that it is good enough to move on? Do you ever struggle with the idea of perfection of and having something? Like, yeah. It's like, hey, man, like, okay, I, I could literally spin because I mean, we do this here all the time. And this is something that we talk about here a lot, which is. We, we could spend the the next half the day on dialing in the color correction on this thing, right? Yeah. But I mean, at a certain point, you yep. got to move on. So how, how do you, well, how do you I, deal with that? I, so I think that's a pillar,
1: just like I was talking about earlier with one of the things that helped me was realizing not everybody likes the same thing. Mm. One of the other pillars was you can overanalyze things to death, mm. okay? And you have to understand that some of your personality and some of your obsessive compulsive and what... That's a good thing. Yeah. But you gotta kinda have control over it too. Yeah. Otherwise literally It'll hold you back. Yeah. So and 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 again, if your moral compass is right and you're and and you're you have enough pride in putting out a great product, you know where that line is without you being lazy or whatever. Sure. It just reaches a point where you're like, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, but but that's a big thing. I mean, and every real estate agent goes through this hmm. as they grow. You cause you have to start to um, um, let go. What's the word? It starts with a D delegate, know. delegate. That's the word I'm looking for. You have to start to delegate. Otherwise you're going to work 80 hours a week yeah. and that's not sustainable. Yeah. So that's a big deal for most. And most good agents are type A's, right? They're used to making the decisions and da da da. So, and the you know, idea
0: that nobody can do this thing as better as and the, good as I can. Yep, right? <laughs> yep.
1: And, and they're still at, so my assistant, oh, that's another thing. I, I've got a full-time assistant. has been with me 10 years. She's great. And she does a really good job. She does things different than me. I still have to check behind her. But, you know, I learned also there's some things that she does that are different than the way that I think. And it works, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's another thing you learn through delegation is, not again, not everybody likes what you like and you're not right about everything. Um, I don't admit that often, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you learn through that, but you have to learn to delegate. Otherwise, you're going to go mad. Mm. And everybody th- goes, no, 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 That's I, I welcome that problem. No, you don't. Trust me. We've mm. all, we're all have hit red line yeah. and we've all hit burnout and we've all had to delegate. And there's some stuff right now in my business that is not perfect, but it's okay. Right. I can't, I'm not going to be perfect is not attainable we're going to try to be the best we can be every day and again and again if we're if we're super passionate and intentional about that then the rest of it works itself out
0: can I ask you what the secret is to keeping an assistant for ten years? <laughs> well, a couple, th- a couple because because I, I, this is yeah. something that a lot of uh, teams like struggle a, with, it's right? A good question. It's a, it's, it's a like how do I okay? So I've got to delegate, right? Yep. So that means I got to find people to bring in to delegate yep. stuff to. Yep. Finding the right person is a struggle for most. I would no say it's probably one of the biggest issues that as you grow, as is, is, is people are facing. We face this in our business. We face, all small businesses yep. face this, right? But then retaining somebody in my head for 10 years, like that's impressive.
1: Yeah. It's not easy to do. And especially if you're not the easiest person to work with. Um, I I jokingly say that my wife and my assistant get the worst of me (laughs) because, you know, those are the pressure cooker, you know, work is stressful. Yeah. You know, I gotta, I gotta be nice to everybody, but in our own office, we have to get stuff done. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, one of the first things, one of the biggest things that works with with my assistant and me is that this is the role she wanted and what i mean by that is when she first started she was part time her kids were younger she wanted the ability to drop them off pick them up and that was perfect for me i didn't want to pay somebody full time a big time salary for full time work i wasn't sure how it was going to work etc so and she had a background in real estate so that was huge she had worked for a real estate agent out in california before she and her husband moved to seneca and so the first thing was what she was looking for in time and what I was comfortable with aligned almost perfectly. And we Mm. were very lucky. Mm. Now um, the other thing is that she's a very calm, sweet patient person. And so she can absorb a lot of my go, 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 And she's just great about like not taking it personally and just going, you're an idiot sometimes (laughs) or or just saying, okay, yeah, we need to do it that way. So she's, her personality and mine are very different. Mm. She's very much a caregiving personality. Mm. So she puts up with me Mm. and, and I get rushed and she stays nice and cool and calm. Mm. The other thing though, for longevity is two things. Number one, you got to treat them right. Mm. And I haven't always been great about that. And I've had to correct that. What does that mean to you? Well, I think it means making sure they know that they're appreciated because in the heat of battle, you, I don't have time to go to pat people on the back. Also, it's not my nature. Yeah. It's just, I'm more of a, you know, let's run through that wall right there. You know, we don't need to play hopscotch over it. If we can just run through it, we can get there faster. Let's just do that. It'll hurt for a minute, but we'll get better. Right. (laughs) But you know, um, people need to know that their work is appreciated and that it matters. And in the heat of battle, you forget that sometimes. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've tried to be more intentional, especially on bad days where I'm, where I know I'm being a little bit more difficult than I, than the day before. I always remind her that this thing works. We just had the big awards day for Alan Tate the other day and she couldn't make it. Cause she was meeting a client, uh, an electrician to give him a key so that we could oh. get to closing. Right. And you know, and I, so when I called her back, it, I said, Hey, you're gonna you're this is gonna be crazy. We were number three, and I always say we because it's not just me. She helps tremendously. So we were the number three agent in the entire company. And you know, we're an eight billion dollar
0: company. And the entire company. Yeah, across North
1: Carolina, yeah. all of them. Yeah. And I told her, I said, you know, you should know that. I said, because that was a big deal. I mean, I was surprised, first of all, and I was proud of it. And I said, and I made a point to let her know that she was a part of that. I wouldn't have done that without her. Right. So it's just like anybody else. They need to be appreciated. Here's the other really big thing though, and this is just tricky, is that they have to want to do that job, but not want to be an agent or go out on their own or whatever. So there's going to be a certain amount of that where people are wanting to get into an admin role to learn about the business and maybe evolve into wanting bigger things. Sure. So part of the way that I have kept my assistant is, quite frankly, she doesn't want to do what I do. Mm. She's made it very clear. She's like, I don't want people calling me 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. Right. She said, you know, if you need something, you text me. She's got my back. She's great. Sure. But she knows that there might be an income differential, but she, what's important to her and her structure is different than mine. Mm. And that's where I think most people, if they find talent, sometimes that talent wants to evolve Mm. my talent. She just wants to be really good at what she does. She's always asking for more work. And that's my job is to try to help her get more work because, but she doesn't want to be an agent, Mm. but she likes the business and she's well-established. Everybody knows her. Mm. And so um, in order to keep them, their role has to either evolve into what they want it to be. And there's ways to do that and keep them in that position or, uh, and, or you have to, pay them well. Hmm. You know, uh, we revised my assistant's pay, uh, this, I think it was last year or the year before. And, um, she might be the highest paid assistant in Oconee County hmm. or around here. And if so, that's great. She deserves it. And I basically said, you know, I don't want you to have to have, she's a year younger than me. And I told her, I said, we're signing a 15 year contract. She's like, do what? I was like, I'm not really signing. I said, but I'm going to do this probably another 15 years, maybe forever, but I'll do this to get us through, you know, I pay her retirement. I take, you know, I take care of her because I know what it costs. So I don't, and I don't need her out looking for another job. Yeah. So I pay her well, um, and she's in, also, she's incentivized by a bonus structure at the end of the year. Hmm. So she gets a percent of my gross again, hmm. my business, she, because she treats my business like it's hers. I thought that I needed to treat her like it's hers. Hmm. And yes, it's my name and yada, 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 but everybody knows Trisha now, right? You know? And that's important. You think, I, I mean, what she knows.
0: Right. Listen, could man, you, could you imagine if she were to leave tomorrow?
1: Well, like I could replace her, but I don't want to. Right. I would rather not because the amount of time it would take and I probably wouldn't ever get somebody as good. Right. So the job can be filled, but having somebody that does it well and really does genuine, she knows how much it matters to me that we do things right. Cause she's been with me for 10 years. Mm. She's seen examples of these things. Mm. And the fact that she buys into that is critical for our relationship as, you know, her working in my business. That's awesome. And so, and I purposely wanted to keep it small, but you're right. It's very, it's a very difficult thing to do. Hiring is very difficult. Training is very difficult. Training is very difficult. Listen, man, just because I'm half decent at selling real estate does not mean I'm good at teaching or delegating. I assure you, I am not. Hmm. And, um, and, and, and keeping talent is difficult because talent evolves Yes. and talent wants different things. Sometimes talent decides they don't want to work anymore. Sometimes talent decides they want to do your job now. So I think it's somewhat inevitable. I think the big takeaway though is, and I haven't done this, but the big takeaway would be to create, and I know less big on this because you guys talked about this with these systems so that if that person wants to evolve into another role or, a husband or uh, wife gets a job and they have to move away. You can at least get somebody onboarded fairly quickly. Yeah. Cause that's the toughest part about hiring staff and staff, uh, turnover. Cause right. it's inevitable. Right. For me, it's very different because it's just an, a, an assistant and me. So I'm not managing a lot of people. Hmm. And, and when she says and I don't, I mean, I don't, she doesn't have a set amount of days off. Hmm. She takes the dates. She tells me when she wants a Friday off. Right. But you know what? I don't ever worry about her. Um, I don't ever worry about her commitment to our business though. So she's earned that. That may not be the key for somebody else.
0: Sure. Okay. Man, that's well said. That's really And it's
1: really difficult. You'd think like right by the university, oh, we could get all, but then you'd be turning them over all the time. 100%, students. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it could be a good thing for somebody getting started, but if you want somebody long-term, you got to figure out, A, what do they, or do they want to do the jobs you don't want to do? And- does their schedule and ambition match your schedule and ambition? Hmm. And if those things start to line up, I think you can make it work. Hmm. Again, I've gotten very lucky. We were sitting at the dinner table after I sold their house and she was like, I'm thinking about doing something else. And I used to work at real estate and I was like, we should talk about that. That's so cool. it fell it, it fell in my lap. And then I tried to screw it up a couple of times and she was kind enough to, to put up
0: with me a little bit longer. And now we've got a pretty good thing going. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. That's that's so cool. I think that for a lot of, I think for the, the obstacle of growth, like you said, is, is not being able to delegate. But I mean, it's, I think it's just as difficult oftentimes when you can't find the right butt for the right seat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, you put somebody there and you're like, and you spend some time getting them trained up and you get some time getting them going. And then, you know, six months down the road, you're like, I'm not sure that this was a good fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever had that before? Uh, I haven't because you said it's it's really just been YouTube she
1: was the first assistant I ever had and the only assistant again I kind of got lucky and I waited a longer time but no, you're right. And it's, and it's inevitable too. I mean, right, sometimes right. you can do all the right things and it just ends up not being a
0: fit or yeah. something just changes. Yeah. And, and I just want to say that to, 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 to help people not feel discouraged. You, yeah. You, you didn't do anything wrong, right? No. Like you had, as long as you went into that hire with the best intention possible and you did everything that you could to try to make sure that they were set up for success, you didn't, you didn't do anything wrong, right? You yeah. just, you just probably didn't make the correct alignment in the beginning, getting the right person for the right role. And that's, that's a very now, also, thing.
1: Now also, again, if you listen, I mean, I'm very honest about what I'm not good at or what I've screwed up too. And I think if people are honest and open about that and willing to work on correction of that, sure. That matters too, as it does in any relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's a business relationship or personal relationship, you know, I recognize that I was being difficult we were under a lot of stress and I wasn't expressing enough just how valuable uh, my assistant was to my business. Yeah. I knew it. I went home. I was like, oh, thank God we survived. But, you know, I needed to be more proactive about that because people need reassurance. They need to know. And, you know, so I had to be honest. And then also we sat down and I said, you know, and we try to do this almost on a yearly basis if we don't get too crazy is, you know, what what are your suggestions? Hmm. You know, what are you saying? How can, what can I be doing? Or is there something you want to be doing differently? You know, et cetera. Like get the input from people. You know, again, we fall into this trap of, We know everything Hmm. and there's a lot of smart, I mean, I'm a big believer in surround yourself with smart people and Hmm. ask questions. Hmm. So I do that with my assistant. I go, okay, what's working? What's not? What do you wish I would do? Are there any tools that you need? Is there anything, you know, whatever, um, pitch me on it. Let's do it. That kind of thing. But the biggest thing too is, is, is hire what you don't want to do. Just start yeah. there. Because you know what? You're going to be a lot easier to delegate that. 100%. And it doesn't have to be exactly right because you're like, I don't want to do that.
0: 100%. You know? Yeah. And that, and it goes, it goes back to your earlier example of like, not everybody loves the same house that I love. Not everybody. Right. It's funny how sometimes you don't, there's certain things in your business, and I've discovered this myself, that you don't want to do. And you just automatically assume nobody wants to do it. But that's not true. Always.
1: You always that's think, this, this is a job nobody wants to do. And it's
0: <laughs> right. like, no, some people right. love that. They love
1: it, right? Some and, people hate the idea of being in front of people all Day right. like like you or I are. That's right. They want to just sit there and do the editing. That's, right. That's their happy place. That's and right. we're like, well, who would want to do that? And they're like, I don't want to do what you're doing. That's right. You're exactly right. It's just knowing, you know, and finding that person that goes, No, this is what I'm supposed to do and I'm really good at it, hmm. or can learn it. Hmm. You know. Um, and again, they may evolve. Yeah, somebody might get a job transfer. I mean, there's still external factors. Yeah. But by and large, if you're if you people are appreciated then and and well compensated and you're working together and you're treating it like it's an ultimate goal for both of us or for all of us if you had a bigger company bigger team that's all that matters Mm. and and sometimes we get so busy that we forget those things Mm. i was certainly guilty of that Mm. and luckily i have you know people around me that are forgiving and go okay you know we've been and it was crazy man last wow. few years have been pretty intense for for a lot of people including yeah. us yeah it was business wasn't bad but things were intense right. Got to see it right. now got to do it in and it was a lot of pressure and
0: just just because of the market a manager. lot of
1: emotion yeah. with buyers and sellers and agents and it just made the job difficult Stressful. and that trickled down into our offices Our, you know mm. uh, you got to remember office assistants and managers they 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 see that they hear that they're trying to get those files ready. And so for us as agents, you know, we have to take that step back and go, Hey, everybody here's just trucking, man, you man. know, dial it back a little bit, let, great them know, let them know you still love them, you know? And, and, and then again, for me too, I mean, I've, that's been one of the biggest challenges for me personally is, is balancing, hmm. you know, your work and your, and your personal life. That's always going to be a challenge with this business and being super focused and super involved, but somehow not, letting that keep you up at night, Hmm. you know, you can be, you can get to where, you know, it, it, it bothers you and Hmm. that's not healthy either, you know? And so I've, I've had to learn to your point where to let go Hmm. and go, okay, that's caring just enough. Right. And I I need to go home and cook dinner with my wife and talk to my kids and be present. And I can deal with that tomorrow. Hmm. You know, that's, that's not something most people can do right away. You feel this urgency. I've got to resolve it now. I've got to resolve it now. And I've learned over years, sometimes it's best to take that time, revisit in the morning, be present when I'm home. That's why I work at the office is I don't, I work from home, but rarely I try to be when I'm at home. I try to be at home and yeah. I'm at work.
0: I try to be at work. Yeah. It's a struggle that we've, I mean, it's it, it, doing kind of the things that we all kind of do, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a weird, it blends, right? And, and it gets really kind of weird when you realize, well, I'm there with my kid. So I've got three kids. You said two, two girls. You yeah. got two girls. Yeah, I've got three boys. And it's weird because you can be at home and be around the kids and not but be present, but, yeah. but if you're not there you're not you know yeah. if, you're, if you're on your phone doing emails oh, or they're young 6, 3 okay. and 1 at this so point. I've got
1: a sophomore and a senior in high school Yeah, they'll ignore you soon enough
0: <laughs> they'll
1: ignore you soon enough so you gotta I guess it's a little different you gotta in my be case, there yeah. when they're paying attention right now I don't really have to be present because they're tuned me out anyways man you know I got That's a 16 funny. and
0: a 17 year old they, anything I've got to say they're not interested in but yeah I mean I wanted to be have you, have you discovered anything else, any other ways that you can put up guardrails around, you know, around that around, because I, I think I, I, I sincerely believe, and I'll be honest with you. I feel like moms who are, who are agents.
1: Yeah. It's tough, man. Man,
0: I like, I, I know so much respect uh, for the people who are for the, for the women who are working really, really no, hard no. and their and their moms at the same time. And especially if their moms have young kids, cause I've, I've come across that a lot lately. It's so fascinating how you manage that. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah, I think, I think it's a couple things. I think that the biggest thing is just being honest with yourself. We all know when we're not doing something as good as we could be,
2: hmm.
1: whatever that might be. That little voice in our head talks, and more often than not, we just ignore tune it out, ignore it, justify it, or whatever it is that we do. When the reality is, if that voice is telling you that you need to shift you need to pay attention and shift. Hmm. So we're we're that way with our relationships with our wives, with our kids, with our with everybody. And you kind of know you're doing it at some point. And so I think again, just be honest with yourself. And if and if you're getting that little tick and that little reminder, you probably need to correct it. But it's always going to be a challenge when you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing too, and, and anybody that has kids of any age or whatever will tell you is, man, you do blink and it's gone and you don't get a second go of it. And it's the the, the time is very, 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 very important. I mean, I'm going to visit a buddy tomorrow. His son was diagnosed with leukemia this weekend. Last week, he was just bebopping bopping around no, Jesus. you know, life changes like that. You know what I mean? So, you know, live in those moments, enjoy those. That was one thing I didn't in my late twenties and thir- and th- through my thirties, when my kids were growing up, I wasn't out a lot. We didn't travel a lot, but I was home and we cooked dinner and we, you know, we went out on the lake. We did stuff as a family. We, I was Extremely busy, and I was building a business, and it was starting to consume me in more and more and more and more time. But my kids know who I am. Mm. I didn't. I never would have sacrificed. You know, them not knowing who Dad was just for Dad's paycheck. Sure. So I, you know, I didn't have as much time to allocate to other things. I had to prioritize. But you know, I took them to school. I picked, you know, I I um I took them to the practices. You know, I cooked dinner every night. We ate dinner as a family. I mean, we that's how we did it. And then when we had time, the four of us could hang out. We did. Mm. My wife's a nurse practitioner. She's got a crazy schedule too. Mm. So all we've sort of known is chaos. But it was important for us as a family to make sure we knew each other. We have a huge social group and we've gotten more active in that now that my kids are older and they're like, yeah, go, please leave. You know, (laughs) I'll be here. Just I'll door dash something or whatever. Um, But up until more recently, that wasn't the case. Hmm. And we just hung out as a family and it was cool and I wouldn't replace it for anything. Hmm. And I always said when, you know, in my thirties, I said, man, if anything ever happened to me, I get hit by a bus, my kids will forget a lot of stuff, you know, because they were young, but they'll always remember me going out on the lake and me teaching them how to do that stuff or whatever. You know, those core memories, those core lessons, those core, that time was spent together, those rides to and from the practices and things to and from school where you actually have their undivided attention. So, you know, you always do those things and you, and look, you divide and conquer too. I mean, you know, and that's good. There's going to be something those boys need to learn Mm. from you and that they need to learn from mom. So that one-on-one time is cool. Right. But you know, we always did what we could, but no, you're always going to fight those battles and nobody's got it perfect. And everybody's going to feel like they're doing too much or too little with all of it. Mm. So if I can, if I could convey anything, I'd say that's all normal. The fact that you're thinking about it, acknowledging it. And, and aware of it is probably going to make you successful in in limiting damage and or increasing success of doing it right. But if you think that any of us haven't figured out and we're just all good, no, hmm. no, man. I mean, my house is clean, but there's a load of laundry that needs to be thrown from the washer to the dryer <laughs> right now. There's probably a dishwasher that needs to be emptied and a dog that needs to be walked. I'm We're just like anybody else. And when we get home, we do
0: it. Would um, you, would, you, would you say that self-awareness is probably the biggest factor for people being successful.
1: I think the lack of self-awareness is very, very, um, Damaging, I'll put it that way. Now, again, our perception of what our of of ourselves and what our actual you know perception is could vary, Mm. but I do think that it is a big deal. I do think that too many people, and it's it's so easy to happen, man. We live in such a society that's like so self focused; they they want you to focus on yourself, right? And so you know, it's easy to do, and especially it's easy to do when you're when you're really into something. I mean, again, these are all natural tendencies. This is not me saying you know, we we're becoming evil people. It's just, Mm. it's a natural tendency. So I think, I think being aware of some level of your perception and knowing where you can improve and being honest with yourself about that. That's the biggest thing. Like I know what I don't like doing. I know what I'm not the best at. And I know when I'm avoiding it and I'm being kind of a, A wimp about it or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, whatever you want to say, Mm -hmm. I I know when I'm doing that too. Mm. And sometimes I give myself a pass Mm. and then sometimes I wake up in the morning and go, you you used up your mulligan sport, Mm. make the call.
0: Mm.
1: It's not that hard.
0: Mm. you know, do this. And I don't mean every it, decision. It's just doing the stuff you don't want to do. In your experience, have you found that by the time you do the thing that you didn't want to do, that it's not as, it as it that gonna, it not as bad as you thought it was. It was never
1: that be. bad. It not as bad as you thought it was. It's never that bad. Nothing's ever that bad
0: anyway. Yeah. Listen, isn't it fascinating how we can really talk oh, stuff up in our mind? Hit your toe on that uh, bookshelf over there.
1: <laughs> and for, for the, for five minutes, you're going to tell me about how bad it hurts. Two days from now, you won't remember you did it.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: And we get, but we get wrapped up in that five minutes. And sometimes it's just hard to see past the now to go okay it's it's okay and again i mean you know i'm not the biggest risk taker by anybody's by any stretch of the imagination but don't but you know and i've got a huge fear of failure but that doesn't mean i'm afraid to fail Hmm. it doesn't mean i won't take a risk it just means that i'm going to do everything i can to not fail Hmm. you know but i and i also stay in my lane mostly you know i don't get too far out of my area of expertise, which is a good thing to do, yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah, I think, and again, I don't know. I mean, these younger generations are a little bit different. There's a lot of perception that plays into their world now with yes. with social media and things like that. And of course, you know, and we, what's that all? I mean, we all wish we could time travel back to our younger selves and go, <laughs> hey. All this stuff you think that matters doesn't matter. But so when true. you're in it, you don't know you any don't different. Know, right. I mean, I'm dealing with that now with my teenage daughters. I'm like, right. you won't even think about that boy five years from now. <laughs> you will, you will be embarrassed at the fact that you even thought about him, right? Yeah, right. Um. But we do that in business. We 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 do that, and we don't look at. I mean, even though you see all this inspirational stuff and. You know, all these people that we look up to now, whether they're athletes, whether they're business owners, whatever they were successful in that somebody goes, boy, it sure would be great. You know, we look at those guys and all you see is the championship rings and you don't realize they failed too. even the best. of I mean, look what Tom Brady looked like, man. Nobody thought that guy was going to be the greatest of all time.
0: That's not an overnight success. No, I mean, we
1: look at him now and he's. He looks like, you know, the perfect human being with this right. chiseled jaw and, da, 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 <laughs> and he's won all these Super Bowls. You see that picture out of him when he was in the, in the combine, right? He looked like a pudge. He looked like he couldn't bench press 120 pounds, right? Nobody was fighting to be Tom Brady then, right? But he just said, "You know what? I'm gonna keep working hard and keep working hard." And do you think he thought he was gonna be the best of all time? Yeah. No. Yeah. Do you think when I got into real estate that I would sell fifty million dollars? When you? No. I just got in it and said, "I just want to do the best that I can do, and maybe have some fun, and maybe change a difference." And you have to want it. You have to want to be a difference maker in somebody's life. You mm. have to have that motivation That's and that right. gene. Mm. You know, you can't. You're not gonna be a nurse if you don't care about people. Right. You know. Um, you're not going to be an engineer if you don't like math, right. you know, or whatever. If you're going to sell real estate, you have to at your core want to help people or be a people person. But other than that, you can just about be anything. Hmm. You can be an older or younger female, you can be college educated, you can have a PhD or you can have a high school degree. I mean, listen man, it's it is it is the truest um um fairest economy and job market that I know. Yes. You know, um I, I had a young girl, um, she was a client's friend that was thinking about getting real estate and client called and said, Hey, you mind, you know, having lunch with and her? I said, of course. And I told her, I said, you know, I don't know to what level sexism is, exists in other professions. I'm sure that there are still, unfortunately today, barriers. I said, but in this business, forget about it. The some of the best agents anywhere you go are Females and they're individual agents, they're team members, they run companies, there is nothing stopping. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, and I, you have to have some level of education. And I find that the more educated, typically the more successful, hmm. but there's plenty of exceptions to that rule where sure. it was just somebody that said, hey, I'm great at this and this is what I was meant to do and I do it the right way. Um, and the other thing is I have seen people that have done really, really well, but weren't doing it the right way and the business we did them out in a matter of years. Hmm. And I'm talking about people that were lighting it up. Hmm. So it'll sort you out, but if you're passionate about it and it's something that you are willing to work at like anything else, you can do well at it. What happens is people don't, they stop working at it. Hmm. They get lazy. We all do, Hmm. they get complacent, you know, all those things. You gotta wake up every day and push a little bit harder. You know, if, if Ford keeps making the same truck, 10 years from now, that truck's boring. Hmm. You know, they got to change the lines. They got to they got to improve on something. You know, that that Corvette, they changed that body to that Corvette. Man, that was a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Now it's selling, you know, you can't get them or whatever. Right. So, you know, it, we're no different, but sometimes we forget that. Um, and you can be great at something and be even better at something else. You know, that's another thing that's cool about this business is I don't know where I'll be 10, 15, 20 years from now as long as I still like working one-on-one with clients, then this is what I'm doing. Mm. But if I get to a point where it's no longer fun, then I, I'll i do something else. Mm. Maybe it'll be something within the business. I sure would hate to not, mm. you know, to, to waste what I've built. But at the same time, you know, you can go in different paths. Like we're talking about, you go admin to agent. Right. You go agent to admin. You could go to owning a business and being a broker. You could be... You could do anything you want to do, Mm -hmm. and that's a really beautiful thing, especially in 2023. It's a beautiful thing, Um, and you can live anywhere and do it, Hmm. you know, um, if, I mean, everywhere you can sell real estate, so much like being a, a medical professional, there's always opportunity. That's another really great thing about our business is there's always opportunity. Not everybody's got that. And we know a lot of really smart people in certain fields that can't get a job. That's right. Or even worse, they got to live somewhere they don't want to live to do that job. They're handcuffed by it. Hmm. You know, you can do your business here. But if you decided you didn't like Greenville or you saw an opportunity somewhere else, you can move that business to there 100%. and still keep this business. 100%. It's amazing, right? So you can do those things. And in real estate, you can do those as well. Hmm. You can start out selling first-time homebuyers and be in a luxury market five years later. Or you could do that for the rest of your life and and make a great living and be happy as you can be. That's a big deal, man. I mean, if you really think, and I think a lot of people learn that over the past few years when when the dynamic shift in how people work and having to live somewhere just for your job and all those things. I think people are pretty eyes wide open on that now. And Mm -hmm. I happen to work in a field that gives people that ability, but it is a hard way. It's a hard living. Everybody, so everybody assumes this is not, but the people that get into it realize just how hard it is. But it is still way better than I ever thought it could be.
0: I'm really curious because uh, we've covered a lot. <laughs> we've covered a yeah, lot sorry, of material. No, it's okay, <laughs> man. It's awesome. I'm curious. Um, and and this is with the preface of saying that there, you know everybody's different. Everybody's goals and everybody's aspirations are different. I'm curious for to be such a top producer as you are. Um. Why did you decide not? Because you're talking about evolution. You can mm-hmm. go do this and you could go do that. Why? Why did you end up staying with Alan Tate? Why? 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 Oh yeah. Did 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 you consider going and becoming your own independent broker? Or like yeah, a,
1: I, I've considered all of it. I mean, I got my broker's license three years after I was in the bit. You have to work as an associate for three mm-hmm. years, so I got my broker's license immediately oh, okay. when I could. And I've
0: thought about any and every um, scenario. Um, because we're, I mean, the reason I say this is because we're living in an age right now, particularly with the rise of, uh, cloud-based brokerages, right. Where everybody's looking at the commission, everybody's looking at the incentives. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious how you've navigated and sorted this kind of out for yourself.
1: For me, it's, uh, it's been a couple things is so in, in, in an effort to be honest with myself and what I like doing and how my business works, this is what, this is good for me right now. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm busy on a daily basis. And you, you you talked about this in another podcast, you know, working in your business and on your business are two different things. Yeah. And sometimes you can get consumed and not have time for the other. Right. I'm victim of that first and foremost, but what I'm doing and how I'm doing it is the right thing for me now. So, you know, for example, you say, okay, well, you know, why don't you just have a team, you know, your phone rings and, Well, I don't know if I want to manage, I don't know if I'm ready to manage people yet. I only have to manage one and she's pretty autonomous because she's been doing it for a long time.
2: Hmm.
1: And I don't know that my passion is as much as I help agents all the time. I don't know that I'm ready to take on the responsibility of, of making sure you're successful working for me or with me.
2: Hmm.
1: So that's a whole different dynamic. Yeah. Right now, I still like working in the daily you know, I like meeting the clients. I like to get to know them. I like that relationship. That's what drives me. And so that's what I'm hanging on to. Mm. You know, I could have gone to a team thing and made it a little bit more of assembly line, probably done more business, but I felt like I was going to, because le- I,
0: ultimately that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking in the yep. back of my mind, right? Yep. Like, is there, is there a limit where you're at right now that yep. you're probably not going to exceed? Yeah, there's Yeah. For me, right? there's only going mean, to be so much feeling Yeah.
1: I'm either going, I'm going to have to get help to go much further. Right. You just can't. Um, but again I don't know for me this is what I want to do right now. Now in you know it as it pertains to the company that I'm with which is Alan Tate so they I didn't have that choice they came in and bought our company but mm-hmm. I didn't have to stay. Sure. But what I found is that I liked their culture. Mm-hmm. I liked the people that they brought in. They didn't come in and just say hey we're changing everything. Sure. They they talked to us and they we worked together and we kind of did a team thing and it's worked out great. I I I've been I've been happy, so I have no reason to not right. be, to be happy. Now, in full honesty, there's the business aspect of, 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 you know, if you're just an agent like I am now and I decide I want to retire tomorrow, I don't really have anything tangible to sell. Hmm. I may not need it or may not want to, but owning your own and or building something that you can sell, there's value in that but I'm not driven by that alone. Sure. That may be the route that I go one day, but if I do, it will be because I feel like I've done enough of what I'm doing now. And I want to do these other aspects of the business. And that's why you see people that were really great agents get into other aspects of the business. You go, well, gosh, they were such a great agent. If they were so good, why are they now a broker? Right. Well, because they grew out of that and they felt like that being a broker was something that they could you know, they wanted to help other agents. That's what was going to wind their clock. Or maybe they wanted to work up the corporate ladder and be more in a, you know, a regional or, or whatever. Um, if, you know, if, if uh, somebody goes from being an independent agent to having a team and they're breaking up listings and buyings and closing coordination, that's them saying, I've done enough closing coordination in my day. I don't want to work through another home inspection report. <laughs> I'm going to let somebody else do that. Or, I like this aspect of the business better. Mm. I'm better at it. I'm going to focus on that. I can be more efficient. You know, So for me, it's more finding what it is that's going to get me out of bed. If I save my money and invest right, I, I shouldn't have to worry about that, what I end up doing. And so that's a benefit, but that doesn't mean I'm not aware that what I am now at 42 and what I want to be at 55 or 70 could differ. You know, it could be that, the last phase of my career is helping other agents. And that brings me a lot of joy hmm. right now. I'm all about helping. I get calls all the time. I will answer them and I'll call people back and I will help. Um, Cause I got help, but I don't really want the responsibility of you passing or failing. I'm not ready for that yet. Hmm. And I still have two kids at home, right? You know, they don't see me much because they're on the go and different things, but I'm not an empty nester yet when I'm an empty nester, yeah, maybe I have a little bit more time and a little bit more desire to branch out, but I don't right now. And I've just sort of lived this life that the path illuminates when it illuminates and I'm aware and I'll walk down it if it illuminates, but if not, I'm happy doing what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I think there's a lot of wisdom there, man. I, I it's, it's so funny because I there's a lot of people who I feel like do things just because they feel like it's the next thing that they're supposed to do. Right. Right. And again, it goes back to that self-reflection thing, right. And, yep. and understanding where you're at and what you're good at and what you want and what you don't want yep. out of your life. I mean, I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with because again, they, they get in, they'll spend a year as an agent or two years as an agent. And I'm not saying that their heart isn't in the right place, but I think that there's oftentimes where people will make moves mm-hmm. because other people, Somebody else made a move or they'll, they'll do this thing because they think that it's what you're supposed to do. If you, if, if you're successful in the business, this is what you do. Right. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of people who make decisions and then end up getting into a new role or a new thing or a new responsibility that they don't care to be in. And, right. and again, it leads to unhappiness. At least they end up not seeing in the business for very long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think you have to be really careful with that pressure. Again, I think it's, it, and look, you know,
1: we stayed in because vic- ambition's difficult. I, I, I deal with ambition, right? Like, and, and it's, and it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good mm-hmm. thing, but you always have to have that other balance of checking like, Hey, are we, are we doing this too fast? Yeah. You know, and as long as you're thinking about it, you'll get there, right? Like I haven't not thought about it. I don't not talk to other brokers. Sure. I mean, I do all those things and that's normal. Sure. You know, but all of that is just accumulation of knowledge so that if I find that my passion shifts, then I know what to do with it. And yeah. I but right now I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm still pretty good at it and it works. And I'm good I'm good doing that. But I know that if it doesn't bring me joy. What I have learned that if it doesn't bring me joy, I won't do it forever. Hmm. I have learned that, and I'm and I'm serious about that. I mean, I would walk away from this, and somebody would go, "You are crazy." If I hated it and I couldn't find a way to make it and be happy, I would stop doing it because I would become unsuccessful anyways. Because it would be evident that I'm not doing it. Having for the a right good time. Thing. So, but um, but I would say to your point about people feeling that pressure, just 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 be. Like, I don't know how to say this without, like, I don't think, like, I'm a very confident person, right? Like, I'm I'm good with where I am mm. and who I am, but not because of any of this stuff that you people would go, oh, well, of course, because, of, no, I mean, I've just always been like, at my core, I know if I'm doing the right thing and if I feel good about it. And I also know that if I continue doing those things, I'm fine no matter what. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't have that. So I would say, let's find that first and then your compass will always lead you. You'll never be. Now, some people risk tolerance, it differs. I'm more conservative than most people. Hmm. But again, I one, one of the examples I was going to give you, this is, this is similar, but different. You know, we lived in a pretty, pretty small, humble home for 14 years. Everybody was like, well, when are you going to do this? And when are you <laughs> going to buy that? When are you going to build on this? Well, First of all, that was our plan, and it kept our family close. We were 1,900 square foot. They couldn't hide from us, man. It was great. (laughs) I put my kids in cars, boats, and small houses. They can't can't escape, you know? Um, But what I was really doing was I bought a lake lot, and it's paid off. I bought multiple rental homes that are paid off. I bought a house on the lake that rent short-term brings in a lot of money. And so instead of chasing what other people's perception of their dream was, which was maybe the next house up, that wasn't a priority for us. What was, was getting to financial freedom so that I didn't ever have to stress like I did in 2008 and 2009. And that brings me back to how that shaped. So I didn't follow anything conventionally, but I did what in my heart I knew was the right thing for me. And oh, guess what? It worked out, right? So it may not have been the right thing for you or for somebody else. Some, I've got a buddy that's doing great. And I don't want to say he's a bigger risk taker, but he's he gets to his gut feeling quicker mm. and is more decisive. And it served him really well. And a lot of our mutual friends are like, oh, so-and-so is just lucky. And I'm like, no, he's not. No, he did all the math. He did all the calculations. He plugged it into the spreadsheets, mental or physical. And he just came to the conclusion quicker because that's the way he's wired that this was something that he was probably going to be good at. And he has been. Other people look at that from the outside and they want to kind of hate on it almost. Mm. And even though it's the opposite of how I operate, he and I become really good friends and we become sounding boards Sure. because he thinks and processes a little bit differently than I do. I'm ten, tend to be a little bit slower and more deliberate and he isn't, but we don't talk each other out of things. We just, we just brainstorm. we just, we just talk. And I've learned a lot about how I can shift some of my thinking through his, I'm not going to do the same thing he does. Our process is still going to be different, but I'm going to get there a little bit differently because I've learned from him. And that's the other big thing. So in one side of my mouth, I'm saying, at your core, trust what you know is right, right? right. You do what you think is right, but don't ignore other people around you and especially smart people around you. And they don't have to be in the same field. They mean different fields. They can be completely different left brain and right brain, all that stuff. My dad was a nuclear guy. I don't have any of that side of the brain, Mm. but he and I talk business because he understands corporate structure and how people act and different things. So it's all beneficial, right? So, so I, I, you know, I, am big on understanding what I need to do, but I always want to be humble enough. Dude, I listen to your podcast.
0: I know when you You said that when you walked in here,
1: I was like, "Saying (laughs) yeah, like I always want to learn. I love podcasts because I'm not a big reader. I'm not Mm -hmm. a reader. I'm not. I don't want. I'm not even sugarcoated. I'm not a big reader. I'm not a (laughs) reader. I can't sit down long enough to do that. Yeah. But I can consume knowledge from the people you're interviewing, and even if it's the same stuff that I'm doing, like I told you when I listened to Nick's, I was like, I've never met this guy. Oh yeah. But like his answers were almost verbatim what I would have said. Yeah. So even in that instance where I wasn't like, oh, he didn't give me an aha moment, I was like, okay. That was reassurance that I'm doing I'm something doing the right line. because I know he's doing a good job. Yeah. And if and if we're aligned, that's great. But then Robert on the other side, who's a completely different personality, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be singing and rapping in, on Instagram. <laughs> But, we, so but I can adopt what he's doing and go, okay, you can loosen up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be a little bit more personable yeah, yeah, yeah. and
0: fun. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, I didn't know that we were going to go all these directions, but so that's, <laughs> so that's, that's a thing I want to talk about really quick. Okay. For new agents who are getting into the business, I also feel like they see an example of what they feel like a realtor should be. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. and, and it's very, it's very much like the suit and like, oh, I got to be mm-hmm. professional and I can't have character and and then you look around and you see agents all over the place who are uber successful. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you made the point when you first walked in here, like, we're, we're, we are all different and that's okay. Yeah. I just want you to speak to that for a second. Yeah, so
1: hundred think- percent. I mean, that, again, that's a beautiful thing. You don't have to do it any one way. Now, Look, that doesn't mean take it too far. Yeah. That doesn't mean not be professional. Right. Like there's, yeah. yeah. Don't show up in your, in your pajamas (laughs) and, and think that we have to conform to that. That's not going to do well for business, (laughs) Right. but that doesn't mean you need to wear a suit in the summer if you don't want, you know what I mean? So you can still be you. I, I think what you and I were chatting about is our mutual friend, Robert, is that the thing that works with him on that is that's him. That is him. That's him Monday morning at 8 a.m. It's him Friday night at 11. Yeah, And every time in between, it's him when he's talking to his daughter and he's cutting up and singing and having a big time. And that's what I love about it is that's not an act. That's not him putting on. That's him saying, hey, here's who I am. Here's how I'm about. Here's my knowledge. And and by the way, he does some fun and he does plenty of knowledge. He sure does. He he makes it's sure not, not he shallow. makes sure you understand that he's not just a personality, right? There's substance, but he's also saying there's no reason we can't have a good time doing this. Yeah, too. yeah. And I think that's great because if you meet him in person, you know that's what he's all about. Hundred percent. On the flip side of things, that is not who Les Walden is. Right, Les is a very structured. You know, he was a good athlete. You know, he, you know, he's more of the the business straight and narrow. So Roberts pulled him a little bit out of the shell. <laughs> he probably keeps Roberts somewhat you know, contained, <laughs> yeah. and the rest of us fall in between. Yeah. Well, again, though do what you do, what you, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I I say it all the time. I mean, you show up at Lake Kiwi and you get hooked up with Michael Martin or Bruce May or, you know, any of these top agents on the lake, they're going to be wearing a polo shirt, tennis shoes, and, and, uh, khaki shorts Hmm. because we sell the lake. Right. You know, if we were in Atlanta and you were looking at penthouse condos, we might need to wear, you know, the three piece, $5,000 suit because that's the role, that's the gig, right? We're not selling that lifestyle. So it's okay to be a little bit more casual. Hmm. Okay. Well, you still better know what you're doing and you still better be professional, Hmm. you know, know your stuff, you know, so, but I think from a personality standpoint is be, be you, if anything, if anything, be you, yeah. But also know that you got to keep that, you know, you got to keep it in range. You got to remember that you are in a profession. And if you want to be perceived as professional, you have to be professional on the calls for it.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting because there's, uh, I have met a lot of agents who I have sensed a certain personality online. And then I meet them in person and I'm like, man, this is not what I was Mm -hmm. expecting. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can be a little dangerous because when people... You know, when people start absorbing, maybe maybe you're the type of person who's doing a lot of social content or maybe you're the type of person who's doing, you know, some some marketing and and you've got a certain business face on. If the person who shows up at that at that appointment isn't the person who they thought they were going to be getting, that's going to lead to a lot of issues. Right. Yeah. Truth and and
1: truth and marketing. It's the same with pictures of homes. You edit you edit them too much, <laughs> right, and then you show right, up, and you're right. like, "Wait a second, this doesn't look anything like that." It's <laughs> right. a turnoff. Yeah, yeah. And it can be the same with the agent. If you're like, "Hey, I feel like I'm starting to understand this," and there's some people over here in Greenville that do some great stuff. Yeah. Joan Herlong's daughter, Grace. Yeah, I follow her. She does cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, and and I I've never met her. Yeah, but I bet that's her. I bet. That but she, but but you, you feel like you know her though, don't right. you? Right. Yeah. 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 And and I and I think if you use it, in, I think if you use those, and there's a lot of agents that do that, and they're and they do it differently. Right. So. Some are much more structured, and that's then you can expect that that's probably what you're going to get from their personality. Yeah. And the good thing about it is knowing that up front, and knowing again, I have to be consistent. I have to, I have to do my job the right way. I can tailor my the way I work around a specific client. A little bit to, 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 to serve their needs better. Hmm. But at my core, I still have to be a knowledgeable, hardworking professional. Well said. And you can do, so if you do those things, you can kind of do the rest of the things. Now, the biggest thing I would say is just don't go too far with the, you know, yeah, yeah, what's yeah, that yeah. new, what's that new uh, state farm thing? You know, you don't want to get too personal. <laughs> you know, I, right. I don't need to know that much. Right. Like, don't assume <laughs> that people need to know what you're doing Friday nights. But at, this, but at the same time, you know, have a little bit of fun with that I th- and, and provide content. content. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you do this more than I do, but if you're going to do anything social on social media, provide contact, give them a reason why they should use you other than maybe you're funny or cute sure. or, you know, can do a little jingle. And again, I use Robert because I just think he does a good job with it. You get who he is, but he's all about keeping you informed so that, that's where he's establishing why you should call him hundred percent. Right. The other stuff just takes a barrier down hundred percent, but you're not calling him because he's fun. You're calling him because he's updated you on the interest rates. He's telling you what's going on in new construction. He's telling you what's going on around Clemson and you're going, okay, this guy is paying attention to what's going on. That's why I'm going to hire him. Mm. So always remember if you're doing, that, and I don't know why I'm giving social media advice, but <laughs> if you're going to be transparent be transparent, but also provide
0: value. Well, I like it because you're basically approaching social media the way that you would approach the rest of your business, right? Which is with transparency and authenticity. And and I think that 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 always wins.
1: Did uh, Woodbury win Tammy on yours? Uh, Yeah, Tammy. Yeah, 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 so she's really good with that stuff. Yeah, she is. Yeah, You know, and hers is very much content-based. I mean, she's very professional and she's sharp. And you can tell that when you look at it. But what she's doing is providing... Uh, Just a quick snippet of information. Yeah, yeah. And that's her strategy. And I'm sure that's serving her well because people, Michael Martin did that at the lake. Michael Martin started a blog every month like 15 years ago. I mean, and I watch it. It's great. So if you were following Michael and you weren't ready to buy, but you were following his stuff. You would go, hey, this guy's showing me he's paying attention to the numbers, the trends. He understands this market five layers deep, not just on the surface, right? And I think that's a big deal. Hmm. And by the way, you hear how many agents I talk about and brag about? A lot. Like, and Michael could be perceived as my uh, competition. Competitor. Michael's my friend. Yeah. Michael does a great job and should be, and should be touted for doing so. Hmm. I don't have any problem saying that, especially something he does really
0: well that I don't, right? So- I, at the danger of making this a four-hour podcast, I've got one last question right, for you, really idea. quickly, and and that is, um, I, I've discovered this really interesting phenomenon where a lot of agents talk negatively about other agents, and yep. I, I I see I hear that a lot when I'm discussing that, like God, I hate that guy, and I'm like, I, why?
1: I don't. I mean, I think we all fall victim to gossip or whatever, but honestly, it's such wasted energy. Yeah, it's such wasted energy, and and especially where we live here and up up here in, in the Greenville area, there's so much opportunity, and it's yeah. such a great place place to sell. And there's so many reasons people are coming. Like we're so fortunate to sell where we're selling hmm. that getting, getting caught up in that other stuff, it's just silly, petty, and it will take away from your production. Now, again, some people are a little bit more guarded with their trade secrets, some are a little bit more, and that's fine. Sure, there's yeah. nothing like, I don't have any, I don't fault anybody because they do it differently than me. Sure. But there, we, we need to, as a profession, eliminate Any sort of animosity, jealousy. It's just not a good look. Yeah. It's not a good look. And there are some agents that do a better job than others. There's some agents that really do a poor job of some things and I'd rather not work with them. But there's probably some things that I'm not great at either. Sure. And I need to and again, if you're being honest with yourself and you go, Okay, well, I mean, I try to be Yeah, but there's I've I've screwed up once or twice or I've forgotten something. And and again, I think and I think this is more of a cultural social thing just in general in today's day and age is a lot of people are validating their worth based on other people. Mm. And that's just a recipe for disaster, man. Mm. If you got into real estate and you sold 1 million or a hundred million, it doesn't define you. And how I compare myself to you based on those is this like, to me, I just go, why, what makes me feel better if you do worse than me?
0: A hundred percent. I
1: just, man, I don't get it. Yeah. And so, if we can eliminate that, the competitiveness, the whatever, I think there'll always be some level of that. And to a degree, that's healthy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you, you, it's a survival of the fittest business. Um, but if we can eliminate the other stuff and the insecurities and the jealousy and all that stuff, then I think what we find is that there's really only a couple of people, and the large majority are are professional and are really good agents, and all have the same problems we all have, and we're all like I made this. So again, part of the self-realization as we were going through the madness of 2020 and 2021 and 2022 was, I was like, everybody's going through stuff, man. 2020, I lost my mom in January. So we were sad. hit by a tornado. Um, um, oh, there was something else. I can't even remember all the, the stuff. Oh, and then I sold 52 million in like nine months. So needless to say, like I was rebuilding homes, personal properties, and other properties in our neighborhood, trying to help people out. I was still trying to work through my mom's passing in estate. My I had everything else that you have in life on it, you know, none of that stopped, right? And there was a moment where I was just, I, I was like, God, this has been a rough year. And then I was like, wait a second. It's been a rough year for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm maybe right. not the same as mine, maybe <laughs> right. a little bit different. Right. And I said, you know what? And honestly, when I, when, again, when I had that conversation with myself, I called a timeout and I was like, tomorrow, you're going to be nicer to everybody else because they're going through stuff too. But in my head, I was like, yeah, but this, but yeah, but that, and I'm doing this and I got, you know, 20 deals on it. And it was really just noise. Mm -hmm. It was excuses to be something that I shouldn't have wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And luckily I didn't let it go on long and I checked it and I, the next day, I was kinder to everybody. And oh, by the way, I had a much better day. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So if we can eliminate those things and realize that we all got something, we all got our successes, we all have something going on in our life. Somebody's sick. Somebody's unhappy. Mom's giving you the silent treatment. Hmm. You know, kid got a C on the paper whatever. We all go through these things. I can't get the kid to poop in the potty. (laughs) That's a a tough one. But I mean, we all have that stuff, but but what do we do though? We forget, we get self-centered on our stuff. And if you stop and go, wait a second, I'm just meeting the Nathan guy. He seems like a nice guy, but I bet he's got something going on too. Then you just treat people just a little bit differently. And I think one of the biggest things, and I just said it a minute ago, but I'll reiterate it. We're so fortunate to do what we're doing, where we're doing it. And we're all, I don't care how successful or not somebody is, we're doing better than we thought we were. I Hmm. promise you that. So if we can keep that in perspective, then as agents, and if we also understand that if we make this a more professional and respected business, it's good for all of us, Hmm. then we're fine. Hmm. There'll always be some outliers. I think, and I don't know what it's like up here, in Greenville, in the big city. But by us, by and large, everybody's, and even though there's a very different group of ages, demographics, et cetera, they're some of the best, sharpest people that I know. Hmm. And I don't just say that. You take the, you know, and they don't have to be the top agents either. I'm just talking about in general. There's some really great people that have enriched my life, whether we've done deals together, whether I just know them through the business. That far outweighs some of the pettiness. But I will tell you this, the majority of the people that are petty are gonna get left behind. There'll be a hand- and they're not gonna stick around for long. There'll be the a handful, handful that make it to the top, but yeah. then it might get lonely. Um and they'll probably change and 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 they'll they may or may not be the most cooperative broker, but that doesn't mean that they're not great. Hmm. They've just have figured out how to be competitive and do their job. That's awesome. And that's okay. I'm a big advocate. I love speaking on podcasts. I love speaking on panels. I love helping agents out. I love for agents to realize that this is, I mean, it's a co-broke business. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a co-broke business. Be somebody somebody wants to do a deal with. Right that makes our it makes my life easier and it makes me more valuable to my clients. Right. If I'm an agent that nobody wants to do business with, I then I'm making it harder for myself. 100%. So I think that but I again, sometimes we just get sucked in, we got to do that quick correction and go hop up, got to get better. We do it with food. You know, you start eating that junk food a little bit much, you're like, "Man, I got to start eating <laughs> some vegetables now, right?" It's the same thing. Just check that self barometer and go, "Okay, am I still try am I still the person that Somebody wants to be around, somebody wants to do business with or whatever. And if you can, if you
0: answer that question and go, "Eh, I'm not sure, then just be honest with yourself, fix it, be better about it and move on. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping up. Uh, right. This has been incredible that I, Greg, I, I could talk to you literally all day, man. Well, <laughs> I like I, it. I, and there, there was like, uh, you were uh, talking about, cause the, the whole the topic, which, which I'm trying to keep it, trying to keep it to a, to a, a, a time limit here, but the whole other topic of uh, managing finances, yeah. like doing what you're doing with investing, that's something that I find so few. And I don't understand. I. My we, we invest in real estate. I don't I, I work with most most agents I know don't invest in real estate, I right? Like they, they like it's not even on their radar. And most of them are not good with
1: money because money comes in spurts and I I'll tell you one thing that Well is,
0: and, and as their success grows, their lifestyle grows. They just are taking on more. Yep. Right. And so, you know, when you come into like when the White Walkers are coming as they are over just the next- just remind them that like, January and February come <laughs> and you're gonna start back at
1: zero right. and you're gonna have those doubts. Right. And if you got some money in the bank, you you if you sleep a little bit better at
0: night. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. I, so, um, Alan Tate, I will brag on them. So the other day, so we have a training room. Our office is a small office, but there's a big training room in the back. So a lot of the training gets done out of my office. So a lot of agents will be back there, you know, when I'm working up front or whatever. And the other day they were the, the course that they're on a three week course right now, and this is newer agents or agents that transferred into the company from another company. And one of the classes they were teaching were, was finance liter- literacy. Really? Yeah. They talked about, you know, accountants. That's rare, is not it? Yes. I, yeah, that's rare. Yes. Setting up LLCs and S-corps, you know, tax advantages, you know, how to set up your business, who you need to talk to, et cetera. Listen, man, that's a critical, we haven't talked about that, but that's, it's critical to anything if you want to last mm. because some months you make a ton, some months you make nothing. So, if you learn how to manage and separate, and listen, just, and I went to college, but I didn't study accounting and finance. Oh, 100%. So, again, all this was news to me. Again, if you want to put me on a pedestal and somebody go, well, listen, I should have started my S Corp years before I did because I was just out working and, you know, but when I did, all of a sudden… My finances got much better in order. (laughs) My corporate account became a gigantic savings account, which was great. It was money that was just parked over here. And it made me a better real estate agent because it took one less external stressor off of my back to where now, you know, I don't have that pressure. I didn't have, and I don't mean now. Again, it's easy to say 20 years in. 10 years ago, I was able to say, hey, this is not about me making a commission. This is about us doing business the right way, you're not going to receive pressure from me when you receive an offer, we'll talk through it. I'll give you my opinion, but this is your asset. This is your decision. I became a better real estate agent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it's not taught by most people, by most brokerages or whatever, or maybe they're doing more of it now. If, if so, it's a great thing. But it is a huge, huge factor. Once you become more stabilized in your finances, it change, It takes one less one big one, it, it takes one fa- external factor out of the equation. You don't have to, you got to keep an eye on it. You can focus. And then the other side of that equation, which you hit on, is if you're in the business and you know more than the average person, you should probably take advantage of it. A
0: hundred percent. Doesn't mean
1: you should buy every house out there <laughs> or anything silly like that, but you should absolutely use that to your advantage. Yeah. And we have. You know, I don't own a thousand properties, but I own a handful. And I've, I've never, knock on wood, never lost money on real estate Good. because we've been deliberate and we've used the education that we have to apply. And it's a great way, it's a great thing to do when you're young. Right. You know, rental properties, long term, whatever, whatever. And you're right, a lot of agents don't even think about it, but a lot of them don't manage the money to get there in the first place. Right. You can't do one without the other. You got to learn the business, you got to set up the business right. And then you've
0: got to use it to your advantage. Is that something that you would encourage agents to do is to structure, structure your finances in a place where you're financially free, yes. then move on. to. The and you should do safe. it like year
1: one or year two, like before you're making money, you know, in theory, you're going to make more and more money, yeah, but yeah. you should go ahead and know how like, you should have to sit through a class that teaches you these things because we don't listen, man, I haven't used the Pythagorean theorem in a long time. <laughs> okay. Okay. But knowing a little bit about taxes and S-Corps and LLCs and things like that sure would have been valuable information. But, okay, so we don't know that. Again, we don't know what we don't know. Right. But if you've got a brokerage or an agent or whatever that are doing those things. Take advantage. Take advantage of it. Ask those questions Pay them if you have to. One hundred percent. You pay your pay your the guy you work for and say, Hey, will you teach me this? Odds are they're going to teach you anyways. Yeah. But get that stuff set up early. A financially free, successful agent is going to last much much longer in the business and be a better real estate agent than somebody that's making fifty grand one month, three grand the next month. 10 grand the next you see what I'm saying? Yeah yeah. That person even if they're making money, they may not
0: last. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so no that's a great Man, point. We we, we, we we can go into depth on that all day. <laughs> I mean it's it's,
1: it's, it's a it's yeah. a great point, but it sh- it's it it should it shouldn't be understated because it's a critical a lot of people can't stay in the business because they can't manage money. That's right. And it's a commission-based business which yeah. is the ultimate difficulty in managing money.
0: Yeah. Yep. 100%. But Man.
1: once you once you set it up right and you streamline it and you just pay yourself a salary all of a sudden that account starts building. Now you've got the machine. Now the machine can work for you, or you've just got that comfort level that isn't pushing you
0: toward doing anything out of the ordinary. I've got to have you back to talk more. And, and uh, Yeah, that's that's so good. Uh, I want to ask you one last question. All right. uh, what's probably the one piece of advice we talked about so much today? But if you wanted to really hone on and say, hey, if you didn't take anything else from this conversation, this is the one thing I want you to take away as as a as a new agent, what would you tell people?
1: I think I think probably the, the work ethic and and taking it seriously. I think all too lightly, I, I think all too often this profession gets looked at as a light, airy, fun, easy profession. And it's not. Mm. It is you know, it is tough. It's if you do it right. I mean, there's nobody at the top of the food chain that isn't extremely talented and or works very, very hard. Wow. It's just the way it is. And it's pretty much the case across any profession. So why are we any different? 100%. Okay. But for some reason, we don't have that perception. And I think people get fooled. So again, I would say, my dad gave me the best, the best business advice ever. Work hard and do the right thing. It is at its core, it is that fundamental.
2: Mm.
1: It's obviously way more complex, Mm. but if you always work hard and you always do the right thing, you will always do fine. And by working hard, that means showing up in the beginning, like it's a nine to five, Mm. asking questions, absorbing, making notes, studying listings, previewing houses, literally. I mean, dude, I was a walking MLS. People didn't even Open ML at Paragon when we were Paragon in Western Upstate. <laughs> they'd yell down the hall, "Hey, what's lot six Waterford Point?" I go, "Well, it's three thirty-five. It just sold for two eighty-five last July." <laughs> I mean, I remember I was baseball cards when I was a kid, so it was it was. I mean, I'm being serious. Yeah, all I did was apply something I was good at, and yeah. I started studying the numbers. And I'll be damned if people weren't like, "Well, gosh, that's pretty useful, <laughs> right?" Right. <laughs> so treat it like it's a profession. I mean, you could be the best orthopedic surgeon in the world, but if you're not reading about new techniques and going to conferences and reading journals and research 20 years from now, whatever you started doing and you were so great at, it's different now, right? You have Mm -hmm. to evolve with the business as, as bright and hardworking as you may be. So it's no different in this business. And the other thing I'll tell you, and my buddy, Jared Ketterman, um, when I was in his podcast, he said this and, and he said, the second you think, you know, it all pack it up, you toast. And man, I couldn't believe in any, any more than that.
2: Hmm.
1: The second you think that this is all because of you and your talents and all the sacrifice and all the, whatever you want to plug in to make yourself feel good about it, pack it up. You're hmm. going, you going down the other side of the hill. It is, you should always be looking to learn from other people. Hmm. And, and, man, I do it all the time. I am not, I'm just telling you, I'm not that guy wandering around going, need some advice, want some help? I'm your guy. I know it all. Right. I'm the guy going, hey, what do you know about that? What do you know about this? Man, it's amazing what you can learn from somebody else. And listen, this, I'm pointing to my head for those who can't see. This hamster's running as hard as he can, brother. <laughs> I got to give him a break. He can't spin the wheel any faster than he's spinning. So anything I can get from you yeah. to save him some effort, I'm doing it cuz we get we we reach capacity. Hmm. So I think that's the big thing. I still talk to agents all over the place. I think there's been a change in that culture. I think more agents are willing to help. I come up sure. here. I've got friends up here in Greenville, man. I'll just come to lunch and I'll just pick their brain for an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? you guys are a little bit ahead of us on some stuff up here. I want to learn from that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be a dinosaur, Yeah, yeah. you know? Um, and I, I told you I'm a boomer. I've got a tendency for it already. <laughs> so, so work hard, do the right thing. I, I know that sounds simple and I know it sounds cliche, but if they'll just do that, they'll, yeah. they'll do fine.
0: But I do fundamentally believe that the best advice that you often receive isn't well received because it's not sexy. No. It's not yet. Yeah, Everybody like, wants to es- hear es- the one like, thing. That's right. Take the pill. <laughs> that's right. They're, they're they're wanting to hear what's the thing I haven't thought of yet that's yeah. gonna accelerate my success from point A to point B? That's that's the thing everybody's searching for, yeah. right? And yeah, it's a little bit disheartening when you hear somebody say, you know. No, you just got to do it the old fashioned way. You You're like, I was hoping there was a
1: right turn there that was going to save me a mile or two. Right, right. And when you find out too, but when you, but, but again, I mean, I've met a lot of people in my business or through my business that have been successful across many different fields and often, t- and look, there's some people that are just wildly talented sure, or they're just exceptionally bright. Sure. Okay, fine the large majority of us fall somewhere in that middle. Right. And it's just, they found what they were passionate about, what they were good at and they, and they, and they took it and ran with it. Yeah. And you know, that's really all it boils down to. Um, I just think that if people can set themselves up the right way in the beginning financially and in the right system, then they give themselves the opportunity to see if this is the right fit. Hmm. Again, I fear that a lot of people never even get to that point. And Hmm. and I wish that weren't the case because for the people that do well in this business, it's, they love it. And yeah. it's the thing that it, it's what they were meant to do. And I think there's a lot of people that, you know, just never got to that point because they weren't given the right tools to succeed. Hmm. I don't know what all those tools are and it's not the same for everybody, Right. but I would make sure that they go the extra mile to interview and find that place that is the right place for them because then they've got a really good shot at succeeding.
0: Well said. Greg, Greg, if anybody has any questions, anything that they, if this maybe sparked an idea that they want to get some more information on, where can they reach out to you to possibly... uh,
1: Easiest way to reach me, sell. I'm a a text and call guy, 864-230-5911. And, you know, I've gotten calls from agents from doing this kind of stuff. I'm cool with that. So just, you know, if, if folks... Or if they, or if they go, hey, I need to help that guy with something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> tell him,
1: tell him to call me, text awesome. me, say, hey,
0: Greg, I can, I can help you with this. You, That's awesome. You need it, um, Greg. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, man. It, it, it means the world that you would spend your time and be open and be honest, which is something that so few people are willing to do. To, to let people know what it's like, uh, in this business and the, the sometimes unsexy yet necessary steps to make sure that you're successful.
1: It's a great business. And I would like to see great, more and more great people get into the business. Mm. And I think it's important for them to understand that this is, you know, we're not putting on a show. We're real people. Yeah. You know, we have the same, we have the same insecurities, the same thoughts, um, it's, you know, uh, I think that's really important. You know, do you know who Dave Goggins is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Psychopath. You know, he's like, everybody yeah. thinks I just wake up in the morning and I'm excited to go run 20 miles. He's right. like, no, I have to, he's like, I sometimes stare at my shoes for an hour. <laughs> he's like, but the difference is I've, i put on the I shoes. put on the shoes and go, yeah. but he sits just like I did this morning and the ne- the day before and just stared at his shoes going, I don't really have to do this no, and skip this one day it's, 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 so again be honest with yourselves yeah. you know let's get better let's make it a better uh, let's make it a great uh, uh community and profession we've got such an awesome the upstate of south carolina is so lucky man yeah we got we got so much going for us so any way that we can make that a better thing um
0: i'm, all bo- I'm on board for that. that's awesome man well thank you for being here guys it i I, I don't know about you, but I, I was mentally taking notes. I'm gonna have to run to my desk real quick to jot some of this stuff down that Greg was sharing because I think it's it's incredibly valuable information that's gonna help build a strong, sustainable business for agents who are out there just starting starting their thing. Um, obviously, reach out to us if there's anything we can do to help. We appreciate your time and attention. We appreciate you being here with us and listening in on the conversation that I had with Greg today. And uh, hopefully you found something in it that was helpful. I hope you have an incredible day, a fantastic week, and an awesome year. Year. Go out there and crush it. I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this was really helpful to you in your journey of building a business. If you like what you heard, please click subscribe and go to iTunes and give us a rating. That helps us out tremendously when we're producing, hopefully, content of huge value to you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and I hope that you have an amazing week. Go out there and crush it. I'll see you soon.